tip today in association with Slattery's of Pecan, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Morning, welcome along to Tip Today, 1800-938-007, our free phone number. Won't cost you anything to make a call. Emma is producing uh, today. Coming up on this morning's show, Johnny Luby will join me in just a few moments' time. Uh, barracks flags at half-mast for a peacekeeper killed in Lebanon. Uh, the Christmas tractor run in Nina will be chatting about that. Psychotherapist Joanna Berkeley hasn't spoken to us for some time, so she'll talk to us about the joys or not of Christmas. Eamon, uh, that's my old friend Eamon O'Dwyer. He's in St. Michael's Church in Mulnahone for a very special Christmas down your way this week. And our Friday panel will unpack the big topics of the week. So all of that and much, much more on the way. We have that prize for you as well in association with our friends at the Talbot Hotel in Clonmel. It's afternoon tea for two, including that uh, selection of gorgeous, scrumptious, fresh sandwiches and scones and... uh, desserts and all sorts of stuff uh, in there. It's by way of celebration of the fact that uh, the Talbot Hotel have now made available Christmas gift vouchers and what a nice prezi that would be for your loved ones. Now just, uh, there's only one headline right across the newspapers today and that is the death of the Irish soldier killed during a convoy ambush in Lebanon and the President Michael Lee has offered his deepest sympathies to the grief-stricken mother of Private Sean Rooney. Um, who was killed serving the people of uh, Ireland. As I say, he's photographed and uh, those headlines right across the newspapers today. You can text and WhatsApp 083 311 You can email tiptoday at tipfm.com. Of course, we're always delighted to hear from you, however you may contact with us. Johnny Luby is with me. Johnny, good morning to you. Fine, well. Have you the long johns on you, Johnny? I got friend I have. Yeah. There's no question about it, I'll tell you. I was in the ship last Monday night and I was telling somebody to be out and I had to drop the bridges, you know, that kind of way. <laughs> to carry out the full uh, yarble. <laughs> now, it was a night for the cattle dealers and all of that, Billy and Dennis Callahan and Paddy Kelly and the whole lot. And yeah. Asked me to go. I feel safe telling you now because I know well herself is at Mass. Oh, thanks be to God for that. So, well, I was at Mass myself for the last two mornings, friend. <laughs> I hope you got uh, some absolution, did you? Well, I'll tell you, I went down to him and the butcher and he said... Uh, I said, I said, I prayed for you. He says, good, because he says, what, in what way? I said, that you'd reduce the price of the bloody meat and chop and rations and Joe Hamilton and all butchers that are out there. But anyway, um, yeah, that's, uh, in the ship then on Monday night, I dropped the trousers. And of course, I felt safe because I had the new long johns on. Well, I'm sure people were very thankful about that. <laughs> It was a wonderful sight, Frank. <laughs> sure it was indeed. I'll tell I you, know. We, we could all do with the long johns at the moment. Minus six and a half this morning when I left the house in Anacarty. That's right, Jeff. And I was up, uh, I turned on the care around seven o'clock and it was uh, just over seven. Wow. Unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable spell of uh, uh, weather to last so long. Oh, I but, think uh, you should do your own line of long johns. The, the Johnny <laughs> Luby long johns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and not alone that friend, two pairs of socks, two two underpants, 
uh, I, I give it a full description. And when when I'm going to the, out to the gents, I have to drop the whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> Emma thinks you should do your own your own line in lingerie as well. Yeah. Johnny Luby lingerie. Johnny in the bridge. I mean, the gents of night, he owns the bridge. Oh, mother of God, he said, I've seen it all. <laughs> down around the ankles. You often have Mike Mihalo in the socks down around the ankles. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, that's absolutely... Uh, Brilliant. Uh, it is rough weather, but uh, I suppose on the GA front, uh, the first club I better congratulate is Golden Kid Peak, my own club. I'm winning the under-21 hurling B final. I think they're playing Kilowan McDonald's in the county semi-final. It was marvellous for them. Look, they looked to have a nice team with maybe four or five of them still involved in the Hearty Cup with uh, uh, Cashel Community Schools. So, uh, the best of luck to them, I suppose. Uh, commiserations to the ladies of Mullinahoe. Ah, yeah. uh, whilst yeah. it was brilliant for them to get into an All-Ireland final, I've no doubt that they were disappointed. Yeah. And that. But when you look at the nationalists and you see the girls coming out from under the, the, the tunnel in Crow Park. I mean, they're magnificent days. You'd give your right hand to be back there again and look, uh, let the best horse jump the ditch if you're lucky enough to get to a final next year. And also uh, to drum an inch with a marvellous commentary there on the, the radio and all hoping against hope that mm. drum an inch could uh, advance to the final. But look, commiserations to them girls again. They've come through a marvellous campaign winning a county league, a county championship and a, and a monster title so look they kept the flag flying for yeah, us well the women certainly kept the flag flying didn't they this year uh, I, I've no doubt some of them would make the Tipperary uh, men's team as well yeah. they're fantastic girls you know mm. I suppose the World Cup in soccer now we have Argentina and France in the final it's, mm. I was just looking there it is more or less evens your choice mm. uh, and that I suppose well, what do you think though I think uh uh, Argentina might do it because, uh, and I think Messi, Messi is five to one to score the first goal, which he quite conceivably could, even if he's down to a penalty, mm. the very first shot if he'd be taking it, uh, and that, and uh, I think Argentina will uh, do it. And the song says, "Don't cry for me, Argentina." <laughs> but in the in the rugby yeah. world, disappointed last weekend with Munster against Toulouse, they probably could have won it. They are certainly improving. It might take another year for them, but when one looked at the Nationals, I often forgot there to mention, and I had it in my mind the whole time, Dermot Barton there from our own neck of the woods in New Inn, mm. played his trade in Rockwell and in Cashel Rugby Club, and uh, a wonderful player, there or thereabouts, not too far away from an Irish team, and it was wonderful to see him there with uh, uh, a good crowd from New Inn on Friday, on last weekend, and uh, all the youngsters getting their photo taken with them. He's a fine player and a, a, a great build of a man, so I've no doubt that he will go further. Right. Uh, to be marvellous but uh, I suppose friend I had a call during the week to know how are my false teeth for the uh, turkey and of course Tom Hennessy Dale has a new tr- uh, studio inside in Clamilla across from Bob Fitzgerald so anybody that's complaining of teeth went to Tom 10% off for mentioning <laughs> me and you on Tip FM now Tom you won't ask me again but friend there's a big wedding today uh, up there? in uh, Borges where John Heffernan from the rectory in Canality is getting married to a girl called Neve Hogan of Gortmore Borges. They're getting married in a place called Ballywillam today by Father Peter Brennan, that wonderful sportsman, priest, etc. Uh, Neve is the daughter of John Hogan and Geraldine, brother of Borges, Stiles, Paddy and Owen. Neve works in Bohan National School and John, of course, uh, is guilty. But in Greyhound terms, we'd say the dam is from Golden. 
and uh, we hope to have a wonderful day. It is on tonight in Deanna in Tullus. I can't say everybody is welcome because of enough going trying to figure out where you're going. Uh, I, I, I love I, how romantic you are. You put it in greyhound terms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very important. The dam is from uh, gold. Yeah, uh, you see, uh, and uh, in Holland terms, an uncle of mine, Dan, used to say, uh, uh, if if a holder was right, good, oh, he's taken after the feather. <laughs> and if he missed a point in front of the goal, he'd say, blame the dam. <laughs> so she was blamed for it, but got no credit. Tonight, finding Golden, we have a parade for the kids in Golden with lights on uh, oh, bikes. At 7 p.m., the Bridge House up to the J Hall, and there in the J Hall, they have a market there from 7 to 9, free entry up to everything. And uh, Santa is there for 5 euro and a gift for everybody. It is all in need of the lights there on the Bridge in Golden. And uh, of course, Sunday, you'll be talking about the big parade in Nina where they expect 25. Thousand yeah. people minimum. Uh, Al- Albert Purcell is with me. I'll let that to Albert because uh, yeah. uh, he's a better speaker than myself. Oh, I don't know about but, that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we have the uh, Golden Bingo next Thursday night. Uh, mince pies, uh, everything. Nelly said to tell you. Everything is hot in the in the hall in Gordon on Thursday night, including ourselves, if you don't mind. <laughs> but uh, Eamon Dwyer is down your way tomorrow morning in and that should be a, a great morning listening to it. And uh, Clanmel had, of course, had a marvellous win over Sunday as well on Sunday last, uh, on last weekend, and fair play to them. They seem to have got the rack together. Uh, I suppose uh, the tallest race is on Sunday, please God, uh, starting at 12.45. We have the Willie Harney. He was an ex-vet uh, horse trainer died a few years ago. They have a big hurdle uh, to his name, so the best of luck to them. Tullus is the place to be, and I've no doubt if you go online and all that thing, you can uh, uh, certainly uh, get your admission ticket and hot punches and uh, live music after racing and all of that. And then I suppose Antonina after that. But uh, happy birthday to all the learns from all her friends in Fennessy's Hotel in Clanmel. Uh, she's related to the Lernes in Golden. This was sent to me in a postcard, Johnny Luby, the four-year-old Golden, uh, from Richie and Esther. And of course, Fran, we have the... Uh, the uh, imagine for twenty euro a twenty thousand euro prize on Saturday night next for the friends of Tipperary football. They have a huge night there. I think it's in the Manila in Clanmel. It is for giving out the medals for the monster title that they won two years ago, and due to the COVID. Etc. and uh, mm. let's play in football and hurling. Uh, so if you go online to the Friends of Tipperary Football for twenty euro, you can win twenty thousand. It would be wonderful. Very good. And, and is that tomorrow night? That no, draws? tomorrow no. night week. Tomorrow night week. Okay. Tomorrow, so they have a week to get okay. onto it. Okay. And I suppose, friend. Um, it is amazing that uh, when you look at the, uh, let's get down to the serious business, the uh, government, mm. it's amazing the way that they have to change all the positions uh, there, uh, such in the government with the uh, Overeiker taking over now as the headman. And, uh, we'll, know, we'll know the detail tomorrow about five oh. o'clock, Johnny, yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll know the details. Mm. But the, the one thing we do know is that the Greens, with only three positions, mm. are not moving no. anything. No, so they're, they're gar- guaranteed so to keep their, their gigs. Yeah, yeah. it's all about, uh, it is all about uh, uh, greed. 
that's what I would think. You think? They're holding on to it, and that is it in a nutshell. And anybody that says this is quite a good government, the other night I was looking at the television and 654 people on trolleys in corridors uh, around the various hospitals. If they want to think this is a good government, they're good in certain ways, but in other things they're definitely falling down on. Uh, Sympathies, friend, to the Kenny family, Boris Ali, on the late uh, John Kenny's death, and also to the Regan family in Cashel on the death of Joe Regan. Uh, I knew both of them quite well. They were great uh, people in every way, charity mm. and uh, family men and the whole lot. And uh, uh, Joe, I actually had a drink with him there a couple of weeks ago in Brosnan's pub in Cashel. Joe was uh, a standing order there maybe one evening or two evenings a week, a lovely guy. And by a strange Fate. Both of them, their people, uh, were hugely involved in the sport of greyhound racing. Frank Regan had a dog at stud years ago. A couple of them uh, won derbies and all of that. Mm. He was a, a, a sergeant in Cashel. And I suppose, friend, um, I better uh, just, I'm looking at, oh yes, friend. Mm. RT to spend £1.5 on gift vouchers for its staff over sure. the next two years. So wouldn't they need it, sure, for Not the poor that. pets? They? Imagine there's 119 staff earning over 100000 Yes. There's 22 earning between 150 and 250000 and it doesn't include Ryan Tuberty, Joe Duffy, Ray Darcy, and maybe a few more. It's incredible, isn't it? It's unbelievable, and there you are now, and you're giving out, and you're probably on 175,000 <laughs> about Tip FM. And look at me getting nothing but abuse. But, uh, friend, I suppose just to uh, finish, yeah. you might say this time last year, mm. I'm just looking at it here, dear Santa, this is the truth. I am not a liar. Will you please bring me a bloody deep fat prior? <laughs> to put it in. To put in a turkey in it, it has to be big enough with sausages and rushes, mushrooms and all that stuff. I'd bring it slowly to the bile and watch it sizzling with mazola oil. And Santa with the price of fuel gas going up all the time. Will you meet the Minister for Transport? It's one name and rhyme. Tell him I'm looking for a bike. It has to be top of the range. No more cares for me due to the climate change. <laughs> the saddle has to be big enough, I'll put it in verse, so that I won't get piles on the cheeks of my <laughs> And Santa, will you bring me a new mobile phone? Because I could be locked down here at home. With the outside world, I need to keep in contact. That's the truth. It is indeed a bloody fact. The iPod, YouTube and Snapchat, I need them in a hurry. When I'm on the phone to that gold medal man, the one friend Curry, <laughs> a happy and holy Christmas goes out to one and all. As regards to COVID, keep your eyes on the ball. Be like the old cock known as the rooster. And when you get the chance, <laughs> please take the booster. <laughs> Mind yourself, we all do agree, because we all need to see each other. Please, God, in 2023. So, friend... That's about, I have that's sweet a, trick all else now. Sweet trick all else. Well, hold on, because we have something else, because I'm hearing that Littleton Bingo is going ahead um, tonight at half past eight, and uh, it's happening at the Winter in Atira Hall there from the Hall Committee, and Johnny Luby is welcome there if he wants to go along and bring I, Nelly with him. I, Christ, friend. So he's up the I, hall. 
<laughs> well, she's one great kettle. She got the knees and hips done and the whole lot. She, she plays cards. I'm mentioning cards. When I told you the other week ago that we bet the All Ireland champions, Pat Fox and Conor Gleeson, who was the sergeant in Cashel, mm. we bet them above and laces till the only place to beat them is in the outside uh, world because there's too much winking and nodding going on in chaos every place else. <laughs> but we put manners on them, myself and the great Nell Brian, and they weren't seen since then. <laughs> Were they not? They've gone to no. ground. Yeah. They're, ground they're embarrassed. Life. And what about poor old Tim Floyd? We won't be able to talk about him anymore now, will we? Uh, no, but I must find out. You may be sure of one thing. Tim what? Floyd is one smart cookie. And he's not going to just walk away from everything else. I've no doubt that Tim Floyd uh, has, a, has a decent job lined up for him. Mm. I, I don't know what it is to like the government. Just watch this base. I will find out. Uh, what flight is going to do one. He might be going for politics, you never know. Hey, friend, I doubt it, because my son, I used to say long ago, the Lord to miss him, if you want to follow with somebody, give him a present of a greyhound. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to follow with somebody, get into politics, and you'll follow with him. Oh, thanks to my old friend, Martin Brown, sent me a Christmas card. Did he? He did. Very one good. of the all-time, one of the all-time greats. I just love Mister Brown because you could meet him in the streets, and no matter what I say about him or anything else, he just he all he says, "You let down the cotton bar on me." He says, will, you, "Will you say something good about me?" Yeah. So, one one of our listeners sent in this uh, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, in an interview. He said he was sent into the world by God, by the God of football, to teach the world how to play football. And a few days later, Lionel Messi was asked how he felt about Ronaldo's statement, and he said, I don't remember sending him. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, friend, it looks yeah. like Santa Claus. It's absolutely brilliant, you know, and uh, I suppose we've youngsters listening out there, so we have yeah. to say that, uh, you know, I actually uh, did uh, uh, SC one time. Okay, right. You know, and uh, there was a young fellow in school in gold. <laughs> Uh, Derek Ormond. Right. He was only about seven years of age. Uh. And he points the finger straight up at, up at me. And he <laughs> says, I know you. He says, Johnny Luby. Johnny Luby. <laughs> so, and That's... his mother, of course, she was, uh, you know that uh, lovely girl in the parade long ago? She was the royalty. She was kissing somebody's toes. What's her name? Uh, at Fer- John Fergie. Bain. Fergie. Prince, well, you see, Joan is a quite look, good-looking boy or girl in her girl, day. Yes. And she still is. She's a nurse in Clanmel. She could be right-hand person to a Sergeant Merchant. Yes. And uh, uh, I was up on the stand, and I was kissing her toe, and Father Johnny the and Gold, and he's dead now, the Lord to Melson, and Pat Fox was on the roster as well. So I knew there was about 50 floats in the parade. I knew we'd get the team, because Fox and myself go back a long way. So Fox said, oh, look, I'm with Johnny Doobie. I was standing up on a trailer. <laughs> that time there was no health and safety or sweet them all else. And not on me only uh, 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 Holland hugs. <laughs> and I was uh, uh, kissing Jones toe. <laughs> and Father Johnny said, get that fellow off quick. He says, get him off quick. <laughs> so, then my friend, you'll never see days like that. You'll never see days like that with you, you kissing toes on a float. No, no, uh, I think that's all over, Johnny, as far as I know. It certainly is. Listen, I'm hearing that Nelly will be... Uh, in situ tonight at the craft fair in Golden, and that's in from Francis. And um, yeah, and they're, they're saying make sure to come up from the Fourpenny Road and be there. That's I got trying to see one never knows with me. Uh, <laughs> Michael Lowry seemingly say one time, uh, he said, uh, 
I have my doubts about him, he says, Johnny Luby. He says, he told me he'd, get, he'd give me number one. He says, but yeah. you'd want to be in the same bloody Poland boat. He says, to make sure. So, you never all... know it, me here in the fourth row. I know, we all have our doubts about you. That's that's for sure. All right, listen, have a great one, Johnny, and sure, we'll talk to you next week anyway. Look right, after yourself. Right, 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 Bye-bye right. to you now. That's the great Johnny Luby, live from a very cold fourth road just outside of Golden this morning. If you want to send him postcards, by the way, do feel free. Johnny Luby, the Forpenny Road. That that'll get him. That'll get him. It really will. Uh, we'll take a break. Back in a moment. Tip today with Fran Curry with Slattery's Garage. Puck on. You can't beat experience. With over fifty years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067-24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie The family of a young Irish soldier mourns his death. People are continuing to lay flowers outside of Aiken Barracks in Dundalk in memory of Private Sean Rooney. The 24-year-old from Donegal was shot and killed while serving with the 121st Infantry Battalion on a UN peacekeeping mission in Lebanon on Wednesday night. The national flag remains at half-mast over the barracks where the 27th Infantry Battalion was based. Now, investigations are understood to be already underway into the attack on him and three other Irish peacekeepers. The Defence Forces said it will send a specialist team to examine all the circumstances leading up to the attack on their convoy that was travelling to Beirut on a routine journey. Michael Walsh lives in Thurles. He's a retired commandant with the Defence Forces and was deployed on many tours abroad, including Rwanda, Sarajevo and uh, Lebanon itself. And Michael joins me. Now, good morning to you, Michael. Good morning, Fran. Uh, uh, good, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you too, and we really appreciate your time this morning, uh, Michael. The debt of Sean Rooney, it must hit hard for everybody who is serving, or indeed, like yourself, uh, part of the veteran community now, who have served overseas uh, uh, over the years, Michael? Oh, it does indeed. And, uh, it's, it's it's amazing watching even social media for the last 24 hours the the the, um, the effect it has on people. It, it's a reminder of the, the, the danger of, of peacekeeping. Um, it's a reminder uh, that, you know, it can be quiet for so long and then all of a sudden, you know, you know something like this happens and, you know, it's the family of Sean Rooney and, and, and uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's an unbelievable tragedy for them. You know, like it was the second trip overseas. You know, everything was going fine. Um, you know, they were on their way to Beirut to bring, I believe, two soldiers uh, were going home for a family bereavement. Yes. That's the reason yeah. they were going there. Yeah. It was it was a routine thing, uh, passing in that area, and um, something went wrong. And we leave the investigations to find out what went wrong there, you know. And even to, to, to and I, I have to emphasize, it was Trooper, Trooper, not Private Shane Carney from Killa, mm. you know, who was badly injured in this. And there were two other men that haven't been named yet were, were involved in that instance. Um, the effect it has on them and their families, you know, it's, it's, it's traumatic and uh, it kind of gets under your skin. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it does. It's an area you're familiar with in, in South Lebanon. And yeah. really, it's only since this happened. I mean, I, I realized how little I knew about the complexity of the political situation there, for example, well, as well, yeah. Michael? Well, to be honest, I can only speak for my own opinions on it, but Lebanon at the moment is a failed state. Mm. There, was, there isn't really no government there. And 
And the economy is in tatters, isn't it? Tatters, yeah. yeah. And, and and in South Lebanon, there's a group called Hezbollah yeah. who um, who they claim they have nothing to do with it. And I, I take that with a pinch of salt. Um, they they are in control in, in, in many areas in South Lebanon, mm. and um, you know, it's 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 it, it, it's a failed state. Um, Unifil have been there since 1978. Um, you know, it, it, they're. I suppose what they're doing now is different from when I was there back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we were very much involved in the community. The, the, the current group that are there under a good friend of mine, Damien Murphy, Lieutenant Colonel Damien Murphy, who's the OC, but uh, they marched out of uh, Renmore Barracks and Galway a few, about a month ago to go there. Um, and how were, does it differ from your time there we, in, we were, in we the were 80s? More, yeah, we were more based in the community. You know, right. it, it, but that's what happens in peacekeeping. The mandate changes, roles change, and yes. uh, soldiers adopt. And adapt, is, is it that it's too dangerous to be within the communities now? No, 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 not, not as such. It's just a, a different way of peacekeeping. I mean, I mean, things were very quiet there but around 2000 when, when the Irish withdrew uh, around that era and uh, then we were brought back in. And, and it's, they're in a different, slightly different role. It's, it's Irish troops uh, combined with uh, Polish uh, troops. Um, it's a small group from Malta um, are all together in, in one area in, in Bingevile. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they move out of there into, into into they're more concerned with the border now than we were we were in a slightly different role um, yes. back, back in the eighties. So it, 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 uh, this it is the border with with Israel. Of with Israel, yeah. yes. And it's it's the nature of soldiering, it's the nature of peacekeeping that your role changes every now and then. And like that, you we we, we take on the new mandates, or we uh, the current lads take on the new mandates. They adapt and they work with it. That, yes. That's the way it is. Is it relatively new as well that there's animosity to Unifil at at this point from from communities, from local communities? They feel hard done by. Well, we I can only speak when I was there. We, yes. we, we, we have a very good relationship with the local communities. Um, uh, in recent times. Uh, Hezbollah uh, have been they're they're trying to take control of the area in my view mm. and um, you know they they do they I, I don't know maybe they see Unifil as being a barrier to that control um, there yes. have been incidents I mean I, I heard the minister on the latest end of this and fortunately it was the first losses in over 20, 23 years mm. I think you know. Mm. But uh, there, there have been other incidents with other contingents out there with the, Chinese, with the Spanish a few years back. Um, it's, look, Lebanon is a volatile state. Mm. There wouldn't be peacekeepers there unless it was a volatile state. You don't send peacekeepers to a place that's settled and, and calm. You know, yeah. uh, it's the nature of it. And we go there, uh, I, we send our troops there every every, every six months to rotate. And... Um, and therefore, for the grace of God, we all, we all come home safely. Absolutely. Unfortunately, not in this case. It's only speculation at this point, I suppose, Michael, but it looks like the convoy was divided in some way and, and yeah. maybe yeah. A, a Trooper Sean Rooney's crew went went off on a, a, a non-approved road. I'm not sure if that's the proper wording. Uh, but uh, I, 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 I would be careful myself on what I would say about it because I, I would think that the, the convoys go off every not every day but on, on a regular basis and, yes. and the, the patrol commander may have had to make some decisions to go on that route uh, that's you know something else could have blocked them I don't know and we don't know and that's why I let the investigation team um, come up with that they're, 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 I, I was glad to see that, that, that uh, a crew are heading out from Ireland on Saturday 
not just alone to investigate it, but also the, the personnel support services, which has, is now a factor in all overseas missions to assist the, 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 the survivors, the, uh, the remaining people that are out there, uh, to offer, offer uh, you know, some help to them. Um, it's good to see that. Um, it's hard to know because this is a routine. This was a routine area, and I've looked. I, I have avoided looking at the social media videos of what happened. Oh, it's it's appalling. You shouldn't you shouldn't look at it actually because yeah. I I'm sickened. Uh, we we saw it this morning. And I'm yeah. sorry I looked at it. It's yeah, just yeah. And my, one of my sons said to me yesterday. He, he said to me, "Look at that. Don't look at it. No. Uh, no. Maybe in a, week, in a couple of weeks' time, you know, you'll be able to do it." Yeah. Um, because look at in conflict uh, in areas like that. This 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 happens, and um, thankfully, I I mean, I was just just thinking yesterday. You know, it's kind of what comes into your mind. Like as as you know, like, I, I I'm very proud of my west of Ireland roots, and mm. I, I go to Galway a lot. And when I visit my my parents' grave, I pass I pass um, the grave of, of a young man I knew, but I was not young. He was young then. Angus Murphy, left and Angus Murphy was killed by an improvised explosive device in Lebanon back in '86. And I go up to Round Cemetery, and you have Stephen Griffin buried there. You know, uh, these were all young guys, same age as these lads. You know, I was out in the Arden Islands a couple of years ago, and, and there's Creeping Shoyga's memorial. He, he was lost in Lebanon. He's, we, we never found his body. You know, despite okay. you know, um, so you know, the, the, you get to an age at this stage, and you look back and you say. She's 23, 24 years of age. Um, I know. It's, 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 it's harrowing for the families. And, you know, yeah. the poor, as a poor woman up in Donegal now, which is grieving. And, and, and Sean was to get married as well. And I saw yeah. pictures of his fiancée as yeah. well. A yeah. beautiful young woman as well. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, they're, 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 they, were, like, they were young fellas like anyone else around. We we have sons like, you know, there's, there's lads in the army there's young, and there's young girls in the army and they're sports people and they're part of their community. And they go to Lebanon. You know, Lebanon, you know, it, 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 it's a place that's you know where you, you put your training, um, you're tested in your training and what you do, and um, it's a it's a place that's that's we we all love going because you know so many thousands of Irish troops went there, yeah, yeah. and uh, it's a place we have a great affinity for. But unfortunately, every now and then it goes it, it goes pear shaped, and uh, I just think of these lads, and I think of of. Uh, the troops that are in Lynchabile now, you know, they're, 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 they're hurting. How does it work with uh, training? I mean, are you trained before you go out there as to what, what it's like on the ground? Or is it when you go out there that you're trained? No, it's, 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 it's training here. You know, there's, mm. a, there's, a, there's a great, you know, there's a great old military saying that, that's, you know, once you cross the start line, you know, all training goes out the window because yeah, you, 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 you train for, for, for all emergencies, you train for, you know, um, what you think will happen. But, but when, when, when something goes wrong, um, it's not that they are, when something goes wrong like that, you know, you, you can't account for, for what's going to happen. Um, you hope you're, like you have to remember that, that, that one of the cars got through, you know, um, mm. and one didn't. And, and then, as I said to you, you know, I haven't looked at the, what, what happened and probably won't mm. for a while. Um, yeah. You know, um, and, and as I, I said, his, like, you know, for me anyway, this claim by his brother that, you know, it wasn't them. Um, we'll, 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 we'll take that for a pinch of salt. Yes, well, it's my understanding that some there's some sort of groups in that area that are loosely tied to Hezbollah, so it could be easily <laughs> those groups. Um, yeah, possibly, yeah. but... Um, his brother are a very strong Iranian-backed oh, yeah. organization. Yeah. Um, 
Look, I, I, I won't comment on any further than that. I, I just think it, the, the young yeah. lads and their families. Yeah, absolutely. Um, by the way, where rank is concerned, and you corrected me there, even though he, his title is private in some of the correspondence, well, well, and then it's Trooper as well. Well, Sean Rooney was a pirate in the 27th Battalion based in, in Dundalk, but there's a strong tradition. Shane Carney uh, from Killer East Cork. Uh, originally, the, the, that, was a great, that was a great recruiting area for the first Cav. Cavalry squadron in Formoy when they were in Formoy, and now based in Collins Barracks in Cork. And the troopers, I God, you wouldn't you wouldn't call a, a, a cavalry trooper a private. And um, they they tell you very quickly because they wear they they're distinctive in their dress. They, they wear a Glengarry, uh, which is a different form of, of headdress. Right. Uh, very distinctive on it, and uh, they say that the ribbons on the Glengarry uh, are black, which go down the back on the back of the Glengarry, and that was to to um, commemorate Collins, Michael Collins. Oh right, I didn't realize. So there's, there's a yeah. there's a strong and the, the cavalrymen are are, are are they're they're very proud of their traditions, as are all. And the 27 battalion in Dundalk, proud of their traditions. Like, uh, the the Sean, Sean Rooney's father and his uncles all served there as well. So there's, there's a strong family ties um, with these lads with 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 with, with the defence forces and mm. like the, you know the, the, as I said to you, the reaction across the defence forces like it's been so long. Thankfully, since we had casualties, you know uh, that um, we, you know, it, it, mm. it's such a shock to people. And and as I said to you, like myself, I, 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 I what it brought back to me were 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 colleagues and friends that were killed overseas. You know, yes. the, the names come back. Is it any reason that we should rethink deploying soldiers to these areas, Michael? Uh, uh, Look, it's a diff- difficult one. Um, we have to remember why we're there. Um, peacekeeping. It's, it's, it's peacekeeping, yes. and and we have a tradition of peacekeeping. Like, I mean, I mean, one of the first peacekeepers to to pass away overseas and was was it was a clan mailman, Felix Grant, back in 1960. Um, you know, it goes back to then. Yes, uh, there's been a, a strong tradition, and uh, you know, it's a role that that, that we've undertaken that that that's we're, we're good at. Um, mm. We contribute to it, yes. uh, um, but but like every, but I always say it's like every mission abroad. Every now and then, you have to take a realistic look at it and say, uh, I, the term I use, not getting value for money, are we getting value for it? You know, in every sense across the board in yes. our training. Um, and what do you think at this point? Are we getting value for it? Um, difficult question, friend. Um, we are, we are, but it's never. It's never. Uh, it's always a good idea every now and then to, to have a, a good look at it and mm. see. You know, uh, there's an international dimension. Um, uh, we, we are members of the United Nations. We contribute strongly to it, um, but we have to look at everything every now and then. And like you have to remember that that back back 20 years ago, we withdrew from Lebanon for good reasons. So, but I wouldn't. I'm not advocating that. And what I'm saying is that every every for every mission we have abroad. Uh, there always comes a time when you have to reevaluate it, and, right. um, and, and, I'm and, sure, and I, I've no doubt that that, that that's been—it's always—it's—it's it's, it's under constant. It should, it is, and I think it should be under constant. All missions should be under constant review. Now you were in Rwanda, Rwanda even, and Sarajevo. I mean, I mean, what you must have seen in those places—I um, I just yeah. know from from reading about them. I mean, yeah, they were they were difficult. It's funny. I was watching. Um, a program on television during the week there, um, 
uh, keen journalist. You know, he was talking. He was talking about his time there, and it certainly brought back some some dark memories to me of places like that. But um, look, that's the, that's the. I was in Rwanda with Goal. I was seconded from the army as a logistics officer with Goal. But we did lots of other things, and. Um, it was a at that stage, thing. the killing there and the indiscriminate well, killing. We, and um, yeah, most of my time was in, in actually with refugees in Goma in Zaire, right. uh, and and unfortunately, the sad part of it is that a lot of the guys that, that came into Goma were actually the killers, you know. And uh, but this is the nature right. of humanitarian work, and because they put their families with them and their children, uh, and um, you know the children are innocent uh, in this, but some of the guys that we were dealing with were not. Um, that must have, must have made it very difficult, just from a. Yeah, it's 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 um, it was a yeah. You 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 look back on it in, in hindsight. I, I, when you're in the middle of it, you're just trying to keep people alive. Yes, of course. But, uh, when when you look back on it, you kind of say, you know, were we right, wrong, or uh, um, but like you you deal with things as they happen. Um, and and Sarajevo, I mean, again, vicious, vicious fighting, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sarajevo, I, I, most of my work there was was investigating the people who were involved in the killings, um, and preparing files for for um, the, the Hague. And uh, subsequently, I went wow. then in a couple of years ago after I retired, I went to um, Jordan and Syria with the UNHCR doing the major logistic uh, supplies there as well, and that was bringing stuff into the, you know getting refugees off the border, coming, coming out of Syria, being chased by uh, the the Daesh people, the ISIS people, you know. And, um, you know, on a west cold November night, when you have people running for their lives, uh, you can see what, what, a, what a refugee is and, and, and a person, you know, uh, trying to get away and trying to help, yes, trying to help them. It's a life experience. Um, you, you must have a unique perspective, though, on you know man's inhumanity to man, which is something that's tossed around an awful lot. Oh, yeah. But you, you uh, must have a unique view uh, on that. You know? I, I think I said it in the past on, on the program with John G. or Chat and Allison as well that evil is evil, and it just there are there are, there are a lot of ingredients to what what evil is. And every now and then a cook comes along and he cooks, puts it all together. And you see, we've seen it in the past. We've seen it in 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 the forties in in Europe. We see it in Africa in different mm. places. We've seen it in in, in the Balkans. And the circumstances come together, mm. and um, well, we, we don't learn anything, Michael. I mean, look at the no. rise. Look at the rise of the right in Europe again. Yeah, you know. Yeah, do yeah. Do we learn they're, they're, anything? No. No, we don't. We don't because because you know uh, most of us in our daily life get on with life. We've other things to deal with. Yes. We have, but the extremists, it is their life. Is 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 to to cause mayhem and cause trouble um, in in many ways. You know, but most of us we are we are getting by from day to day. People in Ireland are dealing with many crises. Uh, you know, uh, people across Europe are dealing with them, but. There are in the world, in, and again, this is my own views. Uh, there are people there that, that um, you know, their 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 focus is on mayhem. Michael, we really appreciate uh, your time this morning. Uh, Thank you so much well, for I, coming. I, 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 well, I can I say, like today, you know, I, I think it's the family of Sean Looney. Um, God help them. You know, and 
you know, the people like Shane, Shane Carney down in Killer, his family, and yeah. the other two lads who have been named were injured in that, and, and they were involved. And that, that was a that was a traumatic incident for them, you know. Yes. And I, I, I think of my old buddy, let's uh, call Damien, Damien Mur- Murphy from Galway, who is out there as the commander of it. You know, you, you go out there with the intention of bringing them all home safe. And he's he and and his officers and NCOs and, 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 you know, men and women that are out there, you know, they're, they're grieving out there. They need our support. Michael, thank you for your time this morning. Thank you and good morning to you, Michael. Thanks, Bye bye now. Thanks, That's uh, Michael Walsh there. Uh, Michael, a retired commandant with the Defence Forces living in Thurles with a unique uh, perspective, I'm sure you'll agree, on that awful tragedy that happened in Lebanon. We'll take a break. Back in a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call Tip Today on 1-800-938-007. Now, we've put uh, the question up on social media this morning. Do we need to rethink sending Irish troops abroad? And we'd love your uh, views on that. And we'll be discussing it as part of our panel as well. So on our various social media uh, platforms that question is being posed this morning. Um, lovely Helen Murray was on to us. Helen is in, in Clarehan and uh, she's written a poem called Luby's Long Johns. And this, <laughs> this is making reference to Johnny Luby's underwear that he was showing off in the ship uh, public house the other night, seemingly as well. Anyway, Helen's poem uh, goes as follows. Luby's Long Johns, long and lean, freshly laundered, nice and clean. Luby's Long John's warm and tight. Keep the man warm day and night. Luby's Long John's from uh, the hip on display down in the ship. Luby's Long John's in a while will be back in vogue, the latest style. Uh, that comes in from Helen, who's in Clarehan today. Helen, we appreciate that for, and thank you for cheering us up this morning as well. And Helen uh, has another one as well that I meant to read out to you uh, a few days ago and she sent this in uh, as I say, uh, I think it was last week at some point, and she said, this is for Fran, tired and weary, jeans won't close, shirts are bulging, where are my toes? Eating big and eating late, uh, dancing gigs and dinner late, early mornings, caffeine, drinks, sleeping badly, just 40 winks. What to do? This can't go on. Health is wealth, your youth is gone. Red, red wine, isn't it time? Forget the drink, don't you think? Pictures now, the slimmer you, full of life and energy too. Looking good is half the price uh, for cutting out and reducing size. Best of luck, you need to win. And put those biscuits back in the bin. (laughs) And that's in from Helen today. Helen, we appreciate that and uh, thank you very much indeed. And thanks for the the cheer up uh, this morning as well. Pat is in Rosgrane. He says, uh, Fran, sad days ahead for the families of the soldiers caught in that ambush. Uh, No, not one migrant should be allowed in our midst for a year at least. Why should our young people die for problems in other countries? And that brings up, I suppose, the whole debate that's going on at the moment about our neutrality as well. So it's interesting. As I say, we will touch on all of this with our panel uh, just a little bit later on in the programme as well. Now, many congratulations coming in uh, for Michael Walsh's contribution to the programme this morning. And I'm delighted that you uh, uh, appreciated that because Michael's a very fine fella with the most amazing uh, life story. And he told some of it to Ali. 
uh, recently in, as part of our, our walks and talks. Um, but we'd love to get him in studio sometime and talk to him uh, at length about his life and times. Um, we have that lovely prize for you. Um, it's uh, uh, afternoon tea for two, including uh, fresh, gorgeous, scrumptious sandwiches and desserts and scones and uh, all sorts of other stuff. Anyway, it's by way of celebration of the fact that uh, the Talbot now have the Christmas gift vouchers for sale. And it's a nice idea. Uh, if you're scrambling for an idea for something nice for a loved one, uh, why not think about that? Because the voucher could be for a special spa treatment or an afternoon tea there or just a, a lovely stay over and pampering. So have a think about that. News and information is coming up. Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, puck on. On 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Thanks, Pat. Uh, Declan is taking exception to that comment. That came in about Sean Rooney's uh, death in Lebanon as well to say it was just a, another tragic workplace accident. And uh, Declan says, how dare that listener call the death of a young peacekeeper just another workplace accident as a former soldier and peacekeeper who lost friends abroad. Um, these are no accidents and uh, shame on that person for, for speaking like that. 1800 938 007. Text WhatsApp. 0833113311. That prize, by the way, is based on your interaction with us by text and uh, WhatsApp. And if you want to put Talbot Hotel at the end of your contribution, we'll pop you in the draw. One of our listeners says, um, just wait till I find this. Because, Fran, it's uh, Talbot, not Tablet. And sorry, I had to correct you, even though I'm not from Clonmel. Happy Christmas. Thank you very I, I didn't realise I said Tablet, even though it would be an interesting. Uh, uh, hotel, if it's called the Tablet Hotel, <laughs> I suppose in some way. So if I did say that accidentally, mea maxima culpa and all of that. Now it's time for a psychotherapist, uh, and that's Joanna's Berkeley. Good morning to you, Joanna's. Good morning, friend. You're getting your knuckles wrapped this morning, I'll huh? I'll tell you no. I'll tell you no. You can't step out of line here at all, Joanna's. That's, that's the ho, trouble. Ho, 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 and Christmas <laughs> and all that, huh? Yes. Good cheer, and where is it? And speaking <laughs> of which, the festive season uh, just upon us, I suppose, Joanna's, as usual, we have expectations of joyful family occasions like we see on, on, on TV, but there can be tensions and difficulties. Oh, my gosh. The World Health Organization did a survey, I think it's probably 10 years ago, and I'm I'm so sorry I didn't <clears throat> keep it. I got it in some psychology magazine. The three highest stressors, first is bereavement or separation, second is moving house, and third is Christmas. Is it indeed? Wow. And I think for people even just to hear that day and go, wow, I'm not alone in this. Right. And why, Joanna's? Why is it so so difficult because, for, for some people? Well, of course, we are subject to intense marketing mm-hmm. around this time. It's all um, mama and dada at the Christmas tree. All the fairy lights are working. They're not tangled. There's two kids playing together and there's a white fluffy dog that hasn't rolled in cow 
Dong Ausfield. Yes. <laughs> I have a feeling there's some personal reminiscences coming in there as well. <laughs> no, not the happy family one. Well, but like it just is marked so that if I buy, I saw um, some ad last night on some perfume. If I buy this perfume, and if I wear this perfume, this is all going to happen. Right, and it. Like, I just say to people, just mute the adverts because they're getting into you. And mm. there is no such thing. And we have our expectations so high because mainly of marketing and because we think this, we look back and with nostalgia and say, oh, our childhoods were so lovely. And if we could recreate that, and we think we recreate it by giving of things and mm. not giving of ourselves. I'm really aware of the lack of joy in people this Christmas. Now, why why is that, Joannes? I know we haven't talked for a long time. I'm mm. just after finishing, successfully finishing another diploma of supervision oh, for healthcare workers. Yeah. So um, I think what's happening is that we're post-pandemic and we think we should be back to normal and most of us aren't socially mm-hmm. and we're pushing ourselves and we kind of have to like I always say an, an incident even a trauma doesn't affect us for life if we process this and I don't think people collectively have processed the pandemic and been out of control and not known what was happening and being dictated to and uh, I don't think people have processed that internally. And even so if we think we've come out of it and we've put it behind us, do you think there's still some residue there somewhere? Oh, yeah. I think the, like, let's say the anxiety level yeah. universally, because this is a, a global piece, was two out of, let's say, two out of ten. And it's now at a 3.5. And it's that vibration is there. And there's ways we can counteract it. I'm not here with doom and gloom. Mm. I was thinking um, recently, I know somebody that wanted to buy a car and they wanted to buy a particular shaped car and a red car. And everywhere they went, they saw red cars and they saw this shaped car that they wanted and they were constantly looking. Whatever we focus on internally, we see outside of ourselves. And if we focus on fear, if we focus on not having enough, not being enough in ourselves, then that's what we manifest in life. Right, so we'll, we we'll see that everywhere evil. and we'll concentrate we on that. We see that everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, simple things like um, not only feeding the birds, but watching them eat afterwards. Mm. Oh, my God, take that joy in. You know, light a candle and put a timer on your phone if you find it really hard to sit and just look at the flame for two minutes and just breathe. You know, smile at someone on the street and see what happens. Mm. Mm. Yesterday evening I went to Tesco's and I was fumbling because my hands were freezing cold. And this man came along and um, it was a two euro I had and, you know, if Mm. I went to Specsavers, it would have helped. (laughs) But he just had a euro and he said, here, and he just slipped it in and opened the trolley and I thought, just like, we call them glimmers. That's just a glimmer of human kindness. I'll never see the man again. He gave me a euro. It didn't cost anything. But the feeling within him of doing it 
and me of receiving it, and that rolls on. That's very if, and whatever we're focusing on internally gets externalised and it rolls on. But it just goes to show you that the small things can have enormous effect, you know. Yeah, and people think, oh, you know, I need to oh, come January 1st, I need to meditate. No, you don't. You just need right now to get a candle and light it and breathe. And as you breathe out, just let go. It's our breath out that we let go with. You just take five deep breaths and think of something that you appreciate, whether it's like <clears throat> if you can go out in this weather, even to your garden, and just look at the the magnificence of the frost on cobwebs and on leaves and on flowers. We still have roses in our garden, and now they're all covered in frost. It's almost like they're they're frozen in time, and they're just beautiful. But just take in what joy and what beauty and what kindness is around you and give it out. I, I think it's a, it's a beautiful way to look at the world for sure. Um, I'm just thinking... And stop your expectations of Christmas. And the other thing I need to say, sorry, I've cut across... No, no, no problem have, at but, all. You know, if, you, if there's people in your life, whether it's in your tennis club or your choir or your neighbourhood or their home for Christmas, and they're single. It's none of your business to question why they're single. It's none of your business to question why a couple haven't kids, because you never know what people are going through. And it's not your business. And if you can't talk about anything, only deep personal stuff, unless somebody offers it to you. Because people, like, I know so many couples going through IVF, and Christmas is incredibly difficult for them. And next thing, there, you know, someone says really flippantly, "Oh, there's no Santa coming to your house this year. When is Santa going to start arriving?" Oh Lord! Yeah. And they may be through just a failed IVF, and nobody knows. It's not written on their t-shirts, you know. Yeah, so we we have to take great care. Those of us that might be expecting family at Christmas, I mean, that's a particularly difficult one, isn't it? If the relationship can be a bit strained from time to time and and then you have a few drinks and, you know, things get a little <laughs> lax and, you know, things may be said. Um, w- what about that, Joannis? Yeah, it, you see, we go back to our family of origin and the child state and us, the inner child state and us gets activated and reacts. Yes, yeah. And we react out of that place. And alcohol is detriment to that or any recreational drug. So I think it's really important to even today just think on this for a minute that once the word is spoken, it's spoken and you can't take it back. So however reactive you get around Christmas, you know, once that word is spoken, you can't. You can you can say, oh, I'm sorry for saying that. I, I had a few drinks, but it's still said, and it's still landed, and it's still found a place in the other person. And w- just explain that a bit more to me. If we all go back to the family house for it, for the family home for Christmas, do we revert back to who we were when we were teenagers or something like that? And the hierarchy of the family becomes evident again. Is that is that what it's about? It depends. It depends if parents are alive, people will be vying for being the special one with mammy or daddy. They'll, and then the sibling rivalry will 
crank up. Yes, yes. And the memories, or, I guess, will emerge as well. Yeah, or com- competitiveness will kick in. Oh, Mary had a baby and she's back into her size 12 jeans. Or, <laughs> and here am I, never having a baby after three failed IVFs and nobody yes, knows yeah. about it. And I haven't really the money to buy big presents. And there's Mary and she's had her baby and she's after gone all extravagant. There's that kind of measuring and judgment. So ki- just, kindness, I guess, Joanna's is is the answer to it all, really, isn't kindness it? Kindness and, you know, we have two ears and one mouth. Listen twice before we speak. Yeah. Because once we speak, it's out there. And, you know, we have one week up to Christmas. And if you... I know I keep saying it, but I have a candlelight in here as I talk to you. Mm. But if we can sit in stillness every day for three minutes and learn how to calm ourselves down. And, like, we can come back to that. On Christmas Day, I can see a candlelight in somewhere in my home and I'll be able to go back into that place of calm. We teach ourselves how to self-regulate, how to self-manage internally. Very good. So, and uh, it's no harm to take time out for yourself to do those things as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But it doesn't... People think it takes a lot of time. I need to go away for two hours. Mm. It's amazing. You don't. And also know that it, what's going on. Because sometimes when we get hijacked by that inner child in us, we think it's us. We think it's the adult self. We think it's the adult friend, the adult Joannes. But it's the child Joannes. It's the child friend. It's the little boy. So know that's going on. And almost turn into yourself. Bring your attention in and tell that child it's okay. You know, tomorrow we're back and tomorrow we're going to up the mountains. We're going for a good long hike. You're fine. You can relax. You're not back, you know, you don't have to take over here. We can actually soothe our inner child ourselves like a loving parent or guardian would. Well, I'm certainly going to take that uh, advice, uh, Joanna's. It's lovely to hear your voice again, Joanna's, and thank you so much for coming on with me. And uh, looking forward to seeing you soon. Yes. All right. Hopefully. Take take okay, good care of yourself okay. and happy Christmas to you, Joanna's. Okay, fine. Bye-bye, Bye-bye. And that's uh, Joanna's Barkery, our psychotherapist, uh, speaking to us this morning. Now, my great friend Eamon O'Dwyer of Down Your Way fame is in St. Michael's Church in Mulnohone for a special Christmas Down Your Way this week. Here's a little taste of what you can expect uh, tomorrow morning.
absolutely fantastic sound. Really, you are fantastic. Happy Christmas to all you guys. Happy Christmas. Absolutely. Jackie, how are you doing, Jackie Bulger? Ash, not too bad at all, Em. You're very welcome to Mullen Horn. Great to be here. We've met in many of a hurling pitch, but you never expected to meet me as a choir, I suppose, you know? Never really. You're conducting this choir and set it up for the most part. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm helping along with the other 20 people that are in it, so we all work together, so yes. it's fantastic, yeah. So we're here in the middle of the church uh, recording a Down Your Way show for Christmas, and really a happy Christmas to all you guys down here in Mullinahone. Thanks very much, Eamon, yeah, and a happy Christmas to everybody listening in. And, you know, it's wonderful to have the music around for Christmas and to have it back because for the last couple of years we had no music whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So it's brilliant to be back and looking forward to this year and all the choirs are up and running and rehearsing and I think being in a choir brings a great buzz to everybody and brings the Christmas spirit, really. Yeah, the Christmas spirit is what it's all about. Ah, the Christmas spirit was about all the commercialism. We leave that to one side. Mm-hmm. We'll just worry about the songs and the singing and the nativity and all the things that go with it. And we're very fortunate here, like, in our PP here, Danny Fellow, Danny O'Gorman, like, you know, he encourages absolutely everything we do, you know, and there's just no obstruction to anything we want to do. He just looks to help and that's it, you know. Practice night is a Wednesday night? Practice night is Wednesday night, yeah, when we can get them all together and when we can get them off the playing fields and get them away from school and, and get them away from minding children and get them away from making dinners and whatever and they all come here and they're delighted for a the couple of hours then, you know. You're well known to County to Prairie listeners, uh, very much a part of... Uh the sports programme of a Monday night? Well, it was, yeah, I suppose. We had a great time there and, and uh, the Tip of M show on a Monday night for a long time with Ron, you know, Mirage Walsh, Walter Maloney and myself. Like, you know, we were a good old team for a while, like, I suppose. We got too close to the bone with a kind of... Uh, yeah. the Johnny Giles and the Dunphys of this world so you know but it was brilliant while it lasted like you know and it was live and you know I think people enjoyed it you know immensely You like being on the edge do you? Ash look living on the edge of glory is a great place to be you know <laughs> <laughs> Terrific yeah yeah look we, we, we enjoyed your shows over the years and uh, really fantastic and indeed uh, we must remember the sad passing uh, the Sertia Perry chairman former Sertia Perry chairman this weekend Oh, Michal O'Mara. Michal O'Mara, like, he gave three decades, like, to the association. You know, it's a phenomenal amount of time, really, to give over 30 years of your life as Secretary of a Divisional Board. And Michal was an absolute gentleman, like, you know, and I suppose even while tonight is about singing and choir and enjoying ourselves, we'll all think of Mike and Michal and his family tonight, and especially his wife, Nora, like, you know. And I suppose to Nora really had to endure those 30 years when Michal was the Secretary, you know. Yeah, he was a fantastic secretary and indeed a credit to Sertie Prairie. Yeah, an absolutely amazing man, like before email and before everything was pen and paper, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And Michal won't mind me saying and the people in his family won't me. Too many times he caught us and not signing the cheque in Irish for the appeal. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that's very much a part of it as well. Oh, oh yeah. So here we're here in St. Michael's Church. Lovely church, lovely setting. A uh, fantastic setting, a beautiful setting, like, you know, and a lot of that is due to our... Rose over there behind us, the circus, and like she puts her heart and soul into the church and making it look well for Christmas, you know. Mm-hmm. And a brilliant group of voluntary people, really. And you know, the choir here are just fantastic, like you know, they add so much to it, you know. So, what are we going to hear here tonight from you? Well, we're going to hear a mix of we're going to hear a mix of some uh, Christmas songs and some of the classic hymns as well, like a Christmas. Just I know a lot of people in this day and age might, you know, veer in the way to be politically correct, like, but you know, uh, at the end of the day, like, you know, the nativity. What is all about a Christmas like is all about Christmas and it's all about the songs and the hymns. And people like the traditional hymns, you know, and they like to sing along to them, you know. One of your own, ladies and gentlemen, Jackie Bulger. Uh, that's a little taste of uh, Down Your Way and uh, tomorrow morning uh, you'll hear that in full from St. Michael's Church in Mulnahone there. Just uh, a taste of what you can expect. Uh, we'll take a break back with more in just a moment. 
Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Well, at this stage, it's a much-anticipated event on the National Festive Calendar, the Christmas Tractors Nina Parade, making a very welcome return uh, this year. The man behind behind it, even, is Albert Purcell, who joins me now. Albert, good morning to you. Good morning, Fran. How are you? I'm very well indeed, Albert. You're saying it's going to be bigger and better than ever. Oh, it's it definitely going to be bigger than better. But just first of all, um, on behalf of Christmas Tractors, because we have members of the Defence Force uh, helping us out on Saturday and Sunday, we just want to express our condolences to Sean Rooney's family, fiance, and the colleagues that were injured. It just thought it would be fitting because we have a good few guys. Paddy Burke is a piper in the Defence Forces, and he's been with us for years as a photographer and, and volunteer. And yes. just, just thought it'd be remiss of us not to mention um, it. You know, um, absolutely, indeed, and certainly in in the thoughts of a lot of people at this time. Um, so, what can we expect then if it's going to be bigger and better than ever, Albert? Well, all positivity, because this year we're going on a Sunday. Normally it was on a Saturday, but um, on account of that, then we have two days. Tomorrow we have our Christmas shop opened beside Ethan's there in Nina, and we'll be selling our Christmas hats, and colouring pack is a new thing this year for the kids. And we also have our our monster draw, 5,000 euros worth of prizes. And then we have amusements in Kenya Street Car Park from 12 noon, and then the Polar Express will make its much anticipated um, visit to Nina from 12 noon to giving kiddies rides, free kiddies rides. And uh, if Mickey and Minnie stop fighting, we'll have the Disney characters out on the street as well, please God. Very good. You have an opportunity for letters to Santa as well, haven't you? We have. We have a a post box there since the beginning of December outside Adele's Boutique on Kenya Street. And the the response has been phenomenal. And I know Joanna's, I know her well. And the old Christmas is back um, going by the letters. You know, the kids, it's just humbling to to see the amount of letters that are going in and the response they're getting from the North Pole. So it's, it's a fantastic idea, and thanks to Oliver Kendi for constructing that, as well as the Very big good. surprise we have later on. Very good indeed. So the Sunday then? The Sunday, again, the shop is open from 10 o'clock. Another new thing we have is a Christmas market at the end of Kenya Street outside Chocoling, and we're selling all Christmas ware, puddings, brandy butter, um, all Christmas wreaths and bakery, you know, the whole... Hmm bring for all the amusements then again from 12 noon. The train is back on the street and uh, it's going to be the opportunity then to, to get a look at this new Christmas cracker that we have, which is going to be amazing. Very good. And what times are we talking about on the Sunday? On the Sunday, we're, we're, we're the amusements and the puppet or the, the Christmas music and the characters are out from 12 noon and then the parade itself kicks off at 6 sharp. Last year we had a problem there. We were coming in from outside Nina. This year we're leaving for Nina Mart. We'd ask that it's it's close to the members of the public, but it'll be on the streets from six o'clock, led off by the kiddies and their pedal tractors. Very good. They now the the recipient then of of the funds. Will you tell me a little bit about that, Albert? Yeah, we're we're again with Billy Billy's recovery story. Billy Goulding, you know him well. You've had of course. Parents, yes. Thanks to you on your show, you've highlighted. Um, a child at two years of age just suddenly developed um, he par- paralysed from the neck down and um, doing very, very well. But it's it's all due to the parents and the great cares they have, the parents, um, Victor and Eileen. And we're delighted to be 
associated with Billy because Billy loves the tractors and a lovely kid. And the new charity this year we have is the A-Team. They're the brainchild of Ailish Cleary there, who's a child living with autism. And they're establishing a youth club and have established a youth club in Nina for autistic kids. They're Youth Ireland behind them. They're going to get a building, have a youth club, a cafe. They've gone up in numbers from 80 up to over 130 and 40 kids. But what's great about it, Fran, is the parents are very involved in it and very, very much um, in the running of the A-team, you know. Fantastic. So we're delighted, well, we're delighted. And we wish them all the very, very best indeed. You can buy tickets for the Monster Raffle. Can, when, we can. When, we ha- we yeah. have them at the shop there from 10 tomorrow morning and 10 on Sunday morning. But, Fran, just a little bone to pick with you. I know everyone's getting at you. But, like, we're, we're, we're expecting a huge crowd. But since your interview with Johnny Luby this morning... <laughs> Uh, we've run into a little bit of difficulty. We thought everyone was coming to see the amazing 30-foot Christmas cracker with the Elf Workshop inside in it. But now people are expecting Johnny on a float kissing someone's toes, wearing John or Long John. And Fran, I, I'm... It has to happen, Albert. It has to happen. I, well, I tell you, we have Johnny on the Polar Express and we have his conductor uniform and I don't want him taking it off Johnny John or his Long John or whatever. Lingerie, for God's sake, Fran. Lingerie. Are you, on the, are you on the brandy butter early today or what? <laughs> Johnny Luby lingerie for the discerning woman. I think that's how we're going to market it, I would imagine. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the best of luck with that one, Fran. <laughs> Look, have a fantastic time this weekend. And I'm sure the crowds last year were, were just incredible, you know. They were so, huge. The crowd, yeah. it, it, we have people flying in. Uh, tonight, actually, into Shannon from England. We have a couple of families coming over. We've we've been coming from the the the, breath, the length and breadth of Ireland. There, you know, there's a great interest. Look, I I have to compliment. Last night at eleven o'clock, I went out to see one of the guys at minus five degrees, couldn't wash his uh, tractor, and there was with a bucket and sponge ready to put on lights. You know, the commitment that the agriculture oh, contractors give is is unbelievable. You know, that's incredible. And we have, of course, we have our flying snowman, and we have Santi up in the air. But I can't let it go. I have to thank. You had Eamon Dwyer on earlier on there. Yeah. That's where it all started. And then he got me in the back door, Tip FM. He said when I got talking to Fran that I wouldn't talk to him anymore. That's not true. <laughs> I'm good friends with Fran, with Eamon, and I'm going to have him down the kitchen someday soon, please God. And, wh- and why not indeed? Albert, yeah. it's always a pleasure, and we're very proud of what you do up there, and have a fantastic weekend. No problem. We'll see you Saturday and Sunday, and a happy Christmas to yourself and Emma, Emma especially, because I think I have her head rotted at this stage. Don't don't, don't, much, don't worry about it at all. Thanks very much, Albert. Thank you. Bye-bye. You know, Albert Purcell there of the Christmas Tractors Nina Parade this weekend, and it's going to be marvellous all together. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Well... Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter, or email tiptoday at tipfm.com. Now, as usual, on a Friday, um, Andrew is with me. Morning, Andrew. Good morning. Good morning. Um, uh, Christmas movies. Yeah, sure. Look, we had to do it, didn't we? we did, I was yeah. thinking, will we do it today or do it next week? And I thought it might be too close to Christmas. Uh, mm. I think a lot of people, I think people are watching them now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Friday, I think yeah. that they probably are. Uh, how do you feel about Christmas movies? Um, not great. I was thinking that. Not great yeah. about them at all. Now, thinking the that. one I watch every year is not a Christmas movie, but it almost comes up, which is Casablanca, and I have to ah, watch it every okay. year. I'll watch a portion of it. And stuff. But yeah. that's not really a Christmas movie, but it'll be on. It'll yeah, be on. it will be on. Yeah. Uh, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory will be on. All this stuff. Every yeah. year. I kind of... I, I like them. I, I, Do you? I, yeah, kind of. I... 
I kind of surrender to it. You know what I mean? And it's like <laughs> surrender to it. You know, it. sort Take of yeah, me. Like, yeah. But you know, like when, when the, the kids would say, "Come on, like you know, it's Christmas. Let's do something. Or put on something." And, and what are you grouchy for a while, and then you get taken in by it? Sitting there with a face on me for a while. Do you know what I mean? And then I allow myself to get into it, especially if I have a glass in my hand. Oh, no, indeed. You know what I mean? Indeed, uh, there's loads of them, and mm. uh, sure, I could have picked any amount really, oh, and we could be here all day doing them. I just thought we'd look at five of them that have come up, like as. Some of the some of the better ones, and I know I'm going to miss out on a lot of people's favourites, so mm. we might take a look at some of them. Uh, Home Alone from 1990, uh, fantastic! If you've small kids, they mm. will just love this. Um, it's it's very very good actually. Mm. Uh, have you seen this? Have you? Uh, loads of times. Yeah, yeah. It's but funny, it is. Man. It's genuinely good, isn't it? It reminds me of a movie. I don't know if you ever seen a movie called Baby's Day Out. Um, mm, no, now, these are so. these are harmless harmless mm. movies, but I like that about it. Yeah, There's a bit, yeah. Of, bit of innocence there. You know, it's a joke. Pesci that's in this. Joe Pesci is in it, yeah. Uh, written by the great John Hughes, of course. Uh, and again, I'm going to start telling you about these movies and people are going, actually, we know that already, but we have to tell you about it. Mm. Eight-year-old Kevin McAllister, played uh, by an adorable Macaulay Culkin, who's not too adorable now. <laughs> <laughs> but he's left, he's left home alone, believe it or not, yeah. by his family. I think they went to Paris or something. Now, of course, these films don't work like if they start trying to explain how they left him. Okay. I mean, how did they? How did they go to Paris yeah. and realize when they get to Paris that he's not he's not there? Anyway, so that's that's the setup for it. And of course, uh, you got the uh, lads that try to break into the house, and uh, and yeah. on it goes that that he kind of outwits them, doesn't he? And, yeah, uh, it's it's great. In, crack. In great style, yeah, Joe, yeah. Joe Pesci is very very funny, oh, and he's, he's, he one, is, of the, he's one of the he's one of the bad guys. Now. So you got the idiot burglars uh, that try to break into the house. Now, of course, the family are very well to do, and they have a lovely home and and all that kind of thing. But it's it's a good crack, and uh, of course, again, you have to. I don't mean to be cynical like or ruin it for people but like at some stage during the time he was home alone did they not ring from Paris he said <laughs> have we forgotten somebody I mean I can go along with the part that they get to the airport that they get to that they get to Paris like yeah. and they say where's Where's Kevin? Do you yeah. know, but they didn't even. I, I I think it was deliberate. I think it was too much of a smart arse <laughs> yeah. that left them at home. I yeah. think possibly. Hey, listen, there's a bit of audio top one there. You can play it. Listen, Kevin, what are you so worried about? You know, Mom's gonna pack your stuff anyway. This house is so full of people. It makes me sick. When I grow up and get married, I'm living alone. Did you hear me? I'm living alone. I'm yeah, you can't get that's, that's, actually now. That's why. Now, now, you, now you see why they. You left can see what you can see why they left it. <laughs> um, I think we'll watch that in my house actually this think? week. Yeah, I haven't seen it in years and years and years, and, and it's it's good crack. It's it's very very well done. Um, that was the big thing for him, Macaulay mm. uh, Culkin. I, I don't know. I mean, he's done other things. But what, what about all the other ones that followed it then? Home Alone 2? Yeah, there was more, but I think the original uh, was, was, was the best. The best yeah. Do you know something? Mm. I'm saying that, and I don't even know if I've seen the other ones. But I, I think I'll bet you did. When, when you read it, I probably did. Mm. I probably did. Uh, this is brilliant as well. Uh, the Muppet Christmas it's Carol. Really, really good. Ah, yeah. it's brilliant. Really good, yeah. um, Jim Henson, of course, behind the uh, Muppets. Um, it's uh, it's their take on uh, Dickens in his adaptation of A Christmas Carol. Uh, mm. Kermit. Uh, as Bob Cratchit, Miss Piggy as Mrs. Cratchit. Sure, like anything with the uh, with the Muppets, it's fantastic. I just think they were so ahead of their time. I yeah. used to love them when I when I was younger. And Mike, Michael, Michael Caine, Caine is just brilliant. That, that is just brilliant. Yeah. It's class, that yeah. Just and I was just to get a clip. I was looking through some clips, and I kind of went down that rabbit hole of looking at too much of it downstairs. And again, I'm going to say, I think we're going to try to find this one during the week. I guess it's probably on one of the. Uh, on one of the services like mm. Netflix or something. Uh, Michael Caine is brilliant in it. He's just brilliant. They're all brilliant in it. It's really, really well done. Highly recommend this. If you've not seen it, now you're going back a long time. It's from 1992. Is it? So, yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that? I'm up at Christmas Carol of 1992. Years? Yeah. God, Isn't that incredible? 30 years. Um, so, yeah. It's, it, listen, it's a great one, Fran. you got a clip there. I am the 
ghost of Christmas present. This is the night before the dawn, before the day of Christmas. <laughs> did I tell you that I am the ghost of Christmas present? You did, yeah. Come in and know me better, man. <laughs> You're a little absent-minded spirit. No, I'm a large absent-minded spirit. <laughs> My mind is filled with the here and now. And the now is... Christmas! <laughs> I don't believe I've ever met anybody like you before, sir. Really? Over 1,800 of my brothers have come before me. 1,800? Imagine the grocery bills. <laughs> Very good. If there sounds brilliant. Perfect casting. Like br- I can't believe you've chosen third. this one. That love Actually? Yeah. I hate it. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. I bet you you hate Hugh Grant, do you? Oh God Almighty! Just, just, just dreadful. Like, no, I lo- love some of the people in this, like Alan Rickman. In, yeah, in yeah, Red, Alan Rickman. But but really, no. Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those ones. Like, is it a Christmas movie or is it not Christmas? Well, it is a Christmas movie, I guess, mm. isn't it? Love Actually. I like. Look, I mean, why did I pick Love Actually? Mm. I didn't mind it as much as you. Now I have to say, yeah. and again, it's a while since, since I've seen it. Um, You're getting very benign in, in your old age. In every know. way. Was it, was this written by Bertie Hearn's daughter, was it? Oh, no. No, was it? No, I don't think so. All right, okay. Um, no, she uh, did... Um, oh, we're oh. going to try and wreck what's left of our brain cells now. Um, yeah. She did where your man left notes for your... <laughs> <laughs> did, did your man die and leave notes for her around the house or something or something? That was one of them. She's, yeah, she's, yeah, a, great, she's a great writer. No, I don't think... No, she no, didn't do maybe, love, actually. Maybe not, maybe not. 2003, man, was she even born? Oh, God, she was. She? God, she was. What age is she? <laughs> Cecilia. Cecilia Heard. It's Cecilia, isn't that's, it? That's who I'm, th- I'm thinking of. It's yeah. not the one that's gone out with your man from Westlife, is it? No, no, it's the other one, isn't uh, it? You're She's a great writer, isn't she? No, no, I know, I know, I know. Okay. Look, I picked Love Actually. Yeah, 2003, right? Okay. Uh, 20, <laughs> 20 years old uh, from the people behind Four Weddings and a Funeral. Well, that answers your question. Uh, people behind Four Weddings and a Funeral and Notting Hill. Um, rom-coms. People love these. This time of the year. Uh, again, it's harmless. It's harmless stuff. Do you know what I mean? I just think that over Christmas time, you don't want anything too taxing, you know? So, like, you could fill a stocking with all the great moments in this film, says he now, and I'm sorry I'm saying this after you knocking it before we started. <laughs> uh, mostly filmed in London. Uh, it says here it delves into uh, different aspects of love as shown through ten separate stories, but I think that kind of, um, they all come into one near the end. Um, do, you, do you know who he plays in it? Um Hugh Grant. No. He's the Prime Minister in it. Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> he is, yeah. yeah. Colin Firth, actually, not moving away from the film. I'll get back mm. to the film in a minute. It's funny Colin Firth did a lot of that kind of stuff with him back in the day. Why? And because then Colin... he's a much better, better Well, he... Everybody's a better actor than Hugh Grant. Oh. No. Um, but Hugh Grant just kind of, that's all he could do was that kind of rom-com stuff. But Colin Firth has really come on, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, um, God, Like with, with King's Speech and, and stuff like Alan that. Alan Rickman was amazing. Alan Rickman was amazing. Like, look at the cast, like, alone. Emma Thompson is in it. Uh, Bill Nye, who had a birthday during the week. He's terrific, too. He's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Keira Knightley's in it, uh, mm. like Earl Lumper. Uh, Liam Neeson. And and it was Richard Curtis who wrote it. I just see it oh, on the screen it? in front of me here. Yeah. So there, so you, there go you go. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You were wrong. Way, so. off, way off the mark. You were wrong. So. Yeah. Yeah. Look, man. I, look, I'm saying the same thing again. If you can kind of just, you know, <laughs> suspend disbelief. If you could, if look, if yes. you could do that, you know what I mean. Christmas doesn't happen. You have to make it happen. So you're gonna have to sit down. As I said, with the last in your hand, and just just allow yourself enjoy these harmless old movies over the next week or so. Yeah, right. uh, Love Actually, 2003 is a clip there. If you want to give it a play. Hello. Does Natalie live here? No. Right, fine. Thank you. Sorry to disturb. Yeah, I'm, I'm 
You're the Prime Minister? Uh, yes. In fact, I am. Merry Christmas. Oh. Part of the service now. I'm trying to get round everyone by New Year's Eve. Oh. Ah, hello. Uh, does Natalie live here? No, she doesn't. Oh, dear. Okay. Are you seeing cows? Uh, no. No, I'm not. Please, sir, please. Please. Well, I mean, I suppose I could. Good King Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen. Brightly shone the moonlight night. Hello. Sorry to disturb. Does Natalie live here? No. She lives next door. Ah. Brilliant. You're not who I think you are, are you? Yes, I'm afraid I am, and I'm sorry about all the cock-ups. Not my fault. My cabin is absolute crap. We have to do better next year. Merry Christmas to you. Well, was that the love moment there? Was that it? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. no. Uh, you, you, where he went zing? Your one he was cracking onto was living next door, I didn't leave Cracking on. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a romantic. The one he was cracking onto. That's an old Cashel set. I'm surprised you don't. <laughs> No, that's a, that's a, no, my, my man brought that to Tip Town from Cashel. I'm Did surprised you? that you don't say that. The one he was cracking on to. Uh, so, listen, you, you, yes. you have a confession to make. So that's not the film you no, hate. No, 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 I completely, uh, completely confused. Is it, it P.S. I Love You? That's the one. That's the there one you I'm go. confused about. So you hated that? I hated that, yeah. I don't Did know you? anything about love, actually. <laughs> you don't know anything about love, actually, or anything about love, actually? Yeah, you see, it's where you put the comma, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. exactly. No, love actually was fine. So you've never right. seen that? No. Oh, man, you'll no. enjoy that during the week. No, I, I, I want you no, to report anything that. Anything with Hugh Grant in it, I have to avoid. Even though Four Weddings and a Funeral was a great movie. But anyway. Um, moving swiftly on before I continue to contradict myself. Elf. Elf is brilliant, too. Oh, it's super. Oh, well, good, you agree. Super. Uh, yes. It's been called one of the best Christmas films of the century. Mm. Last century, not this century. Uh, Will Ferrell, I think he's brilliant. I think he's very, very funny. Um, surprisingly, for an American, um, <laughs> that's a big statement. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to our, our American friends and cousins out there, but uh, how I, many I people just, have we insulted so far? Uh, in quite, a few, yeah, quite a few. Quite a few. I just think, that for me, like I said this before, the English comedy and the Irish comedy is always a lot better. I think the American comedy, to me, isn't isn't great. Like, we did Cheers last week, which was very good mm. and stuff. But for me, a lot of American comedy is Friends and all that kind yeah, of thing, and I just I just don't get it. I think it's harmless stuff. So, and of course, uh, sorry now. Of course, I'm drifting away from this now. Uh, the Office, uh, the American version of the Office is a lot funnier than the English one, surprisingly. Do you a, think that? Yeah, I yeah. do, I do think You see, that. I can't watch The Office That's at why all. I said it, because I right. thought it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding you. You can't watch which one? I can't watch The Office because of the cringe. Any of them. Can you not? No, no, I want uh, to run away. Oh, listen, Drew Luby at home, he just watches Does The he? American Office all day <laughs> and watches them over and over and nearly knows word for word. So we have it on at all time. We love yeah. it. Anyway, okay. So Will Ferrell, who's not in The Office, so I don't know why I'm speaking about The Office, but he was in the uh, what well, was very funny have you seen him doing the TV guy the TV uh, Anchorman Anchorman oh uh, absolutely very yeah. funny it's just fantastic very yeah. funny the trouble is you see people in all these characters that he creates and going yeah I see somebody in him anyway go on who do you see in <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't possibly say um, what well Farrell is in this uh, yeah, so he's the he's the elf that comes from the North Pole uh, in search of his dad and of course he's uh, he's a bit innocent and lands in New York or someplace and uh, mm. you know so Will Ferrell's performance he's he's the uh, he's Buddy the Elf 
uh, praised by critics and audiences alike. It says here, if you have not seen this, go and watch Elf. Elf is really, really funny. As I said, uh, my lads are obsessed with this as well. Uh, when they were small, we watched it like over and <laughs> over and over again. Give it a quick play there. Oh, wow. What's this? This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for an announcement. Okay. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. He'll be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah. Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town. Yes. Sign this for me. <laughs> very good. Oh, it's super. Very good. Very Absolute good. Great super, fun. Right. So that that gets a full sort of one hundred percent. Oh yeah, I, I just thought that that's very funny. Now look, okay, I had to end with this one. You did. Uh, mm. It's a wonderful life, nineteen forty six. Um, I have a confession to make. Go on. I've never seen it. Have you not? Never seen it. Yeah. So I'm going to watch it next week. I think you'll love it. I think it's uh, a great movie. Or maybe the week after when we're off for a few days. I'm sure I'll love it. But you know, the only problem with it is, and you and I have often said this, it's been so built up. Mm, but everybody's saying, like, it's just one of the greatest films of all time. Like, is it, does it stand the test of time, or is it. Well, Ryan, Ryan Tuberty seems to be doing a thesis on it. He mentioned oh, really? It often, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've seen it, it obviously, it, have you? I have indeed, yeah. What do you think? Well, James Stewart in anything for me is superb, but this is a great movie, yeah. Okay. It's kind of a must-watch, you know. Oh, okay. Masterpiece, people say. Yeah. Absolute masterpiece. Uh, he's George Bailey in it, isn't mm. he? All right, mm. Bear with me, because I'm, I'm reading stuff here yeah, now. He's, I in, haven't he's seen in a bad way at the start. He's in a movie. bad, yeah, yeah, he's in a bad mm. way. Like, did he lose his job or something, and then he, did he go in off the, and... In the bank, yeah. In yeah. the bank. Yeah. Because um, I've got a clip I'll play in a second, but I think uh, he's dead offering the job back and all well, that. It's but, dark at the start, because he, he's thinking of taking his own life. That's right. Oh, yeah. But is there a kind of an intervention? Is there a guardian angel or something? Or? There is, yeah. But you're, we're spoiling it now, you know? Will we, will we stay? But sure, like, <laughs> since 1946, I'd say I'm the only person that I haven't seen it. You know so what I mean? it's not really like, a spoiler. No, it? I don't think it's a spoiler alert. Like, you know what I mean? It's a bit okay. like Casablanca. You yeah. know, should we spoil that yeah, too? Yeah. You know? uh, can I just step in there and say, uh, sorry, there's no guardian angel. Um, that's, I don't want to ruin it on you. I just made that part up. Should I play the audio? All right, let's do that. Okay, okay, okay. we've just ruined Christmas. We've just ruined Christmas for everybody. My friends have already finished college. I, I just feel like if I didn't get away, I'd bust. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. You're right, son. You see what I mean, don't you, Pop? This town is no place for any man unless he's willing to crawl to Potter. Now, you've got talent, son. I've seen it. You get yourself an education and get out of here. Pop, you want a shock? I think you're a great guy. I think you're a great guy. Mm. Yeah. So do I need to watch that? You need to watch that, yeah. Well, you, you need to watch that, yeah. Absolutely. Is it better than Elf? Better than Elf? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, it's a Wonderful Life is fantastic, okay. says one of our listeners. I just love it. And somebody else saying, yeah, P.S. I Love You is the movie That's the one. You, you were That's the one. referencing and all of that. Okay, don't watch P.S. I Love You if it comes up over Christmas. <laughs> Simple as that. All right, Eddie, great to see you. And thanks very much indeed. Yeah, and um, with you every morning, of course, from 6 o'clock with Good Morning Tipperary. All right, uh, news and information is on the way. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Tip today. 
with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, puck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Thanks, Pat. Uh, Jonathan was on to me uh, to uh, mention the Moyne Temple Tuhi Christmas Lights uh, Vehicle Parade that's taking place tomorrow, Saturday evening, and the parade will pass through Temple Tuhi, I'm told, at 6pm in Moyne at 6.45, and it uh, promises to be a fantastic event. All donations going to two charities and local uh, with local connections there, and that's Jonathan uh, Cullen reminding us about that. Sure, when you're in Moyne, uh, drop over to Quinlan, say hello to Helen, and have a lovely pint of something or other and uh, I'm sure it will add to the festive occasion as well. Now uh, we're on air every weekday morning from 9 and uh, this morning was no different and uh, Michael Walsh spoke to us. Uh, Michael has had a glittering career in the Defence Forces having served uh, abroad in Rwanda uh, Sarajevo and indeed in Lebanon as well and I asked him in light of the death of the Irish soldier Sean Rooney uh, should we rethink the deployment of Irish troops abroad here's a little of what he had to say it's, it's, Look it's a diff- difficult one um, we have to remember why we're there um, Peacekeeping It's, it's, it's yes. peacekeeping yeah. and, and we have a tradition of peacekeeping like, I mean I mean, one of the first peacekeepers to to pass away overseas and was was it was a Tom Millman, Felix Grant, back in 1960. Um, you know, uh, it goes back to then. Yes, uh, there's been a, a strong tradition, and uh, you know, it's a role that that, that we've undertaken that that that's we're, we're good at. Um, mm-hmm. We contribute to it. Uh, yes. Um, but but like every, but I always say it's like every mission abroad. Every now and then, you have to take a realistic look at it and say. Uh, I, the term I use, not getting value for money, or we're getting value for it, you know, in every sense, across the board, in yes. our training. Um, and what do you think at this point? Are we getting value for it? Um, it's a good question, Fran. Um, mm. We are. We are. But it's never, it's never, uh, it's always a good idea every now and then to, to have a, a good look at it and mm. see, you know, uh, there's an international dimension um uh, we, we are members of the United Nations. We contribute strongly to it. Um, but we have to look at everything every now and then. And like, You have to remember that, that back back 20 years ago, we withdrew from Lebanon for good reasons. So but I wouldn't, I'm not advocating that. I'm, what I'm saying is that every every for every mission we have abroad, uh, there always comes a time when you have to reevaluate it. And, right. um, and, and, I'm and, sure, and I, I've no doubt that, that, that that's been... It's always... It's, it's, it's under constant... It should it is, and I think it should be under constant... All missions should be under constant review. And that was uh, Michael uh, Walsh who spoke to us uh, this morning on uh, the programme. We're with you every weekday morning from nine. Now it's time for our Friday panel and I'm delighted to be joined in the studio by Joe Leahy. Joe is founder of Seesaw in Clonmel and is a security consultant as well. Uh, Carl Clancy is with me, columnist with the Nationalist uh, newspaper and we're waiting. Uh, Therese, who is our third panellist uh, this morning, but uh, uh, Carol and Joe, you're both uh, extremely welcome and thank you for coming into us. Good morning, Joe. Uh, can I start with you, Joe, um, because of your, your, your background I suppose as a former Garda and indeed with your security consultancy hat on you as well um, peacekeeping at the moment, I mean do we need to rethink it because that's the question I put to Michael Walsh earlier on as well 
I suppose, um, Ran, it's a very it's a, it's a, it's a very simple question, but a very broad question. And I suppose you know the answer. I think we're in for a penny and for a pound. I think we don't have any choice only to contribute to it. I uh, said there just off the air a second ago. I think we're getting stuff, you know, from the EU and for everything else. And I think we have to buy into the thing. But I think there's another side to it too. I think that needs that can't be overlooked. I think a lot of the people that go on these peacekeeping missions, you know, to be fair to them, like they get an extra few bob. And they look forward to that and to the way of saving money because they can't spend it out there in the main. And, you know, it's very sad to see that chap that died there, you know, that he was saving, like, obviously for his wedding. So he had gone on two trips, get the extra few problems. So there's all that side of it too. But I think in the main, if you look at it like, you know, we have one chap, you know, and I'm not taking away now from the, the tragedy and the seriousness or, or I'm not disrespecting the occasion mm-hmm. in any sense. But if you look at it like, you know, we have one person killed in the past, what, 20 years? And they weren't killed, we'll say, in... In a fighting combat, mm, yes. you know, to, to, no, somebody else ring in and say, "Of course they are." But it was sort of more accidentalism than than, yes. than it was a war situation. Like, mm. yes, they were the enemy, but I don't think we, that should stop us though from contributing to the to the peacekeeping mission. I think we should keep uh, doing what we're doing and the way we've done it. Mm. And I think the sad part about any of these things is if any of those jobs that you join up to. There is always that element of danger, you know. There is always that little there's little percentage. And no matter how much you go or where you go, there is that percentage that, you know, this can happen. Mm. It's like, you know, medical treatment, the side effect. There's always that, you know, that thing. You can go along all your life. Like, look at the number of people, army people, that went on through their entire career. They were never even shot at. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were never even came into any bit of combat at all. They went along through life and they did and they came out the other side right. and just grand. A bit, bit like the Gardaí over A the years like the as well, I suppose. Year, yeah. And, you know, yeah. and yes... One loss is too many. We all know that. But the reality of it is, you know, it, it goes it goes with the territory, unfortunately. Yeah. Carl, we were just making the point again off air that the goalposts have changed in that part of the world and making it more dangerous, I suppose. Absolutely. I think that what has become uh, peacekeeping is no longer really keeping peace. You're no longer seen as a neutral. Mm. You're seen as a legitimate target. Mm. Because the goalposts have changed in that neck of the woods, not just there. I mean, we've had Irish soldiers deployed all over the world from Sierra Leone to Kosovo to the Middle East. Mm. You're no longer seen as that that blue urine beret as a neutral. You're seen as an enemy. Mm. And the, the problem with seeing you as an enemy is I'd rather kill you now than kill you later. And that's the way that they're thinking of it. That's the way the protagonists are thinking of it because they look at it as though, well, you're coming to my country, you're telling me how to live in my country and telling me that I'm wrong Mm. and I'm right because nobody ever goes to war or conflict thinking they're wrong. Yes. So, And some of these groupings as well believe that Unifil is partisan, particularly to the Israelis, and there is that sort of thought process there as well, I suppose. The UN doesn't look as neutral as it once did. Mm. It's, it's a very simple fact of life. Mm. Um, there are vetoes, there are political alliances, there's the quick look over there at NATO, and is the yeah. UN as independent as it was, or... Is Unifil part of a, a larger NATO agenda? Those are conspiracy theories. I am not nearly qualified enough to be answering those questions. What I will say is, 
any Irish soldier that goes out there, he doesn't go out there with the intention of shooting a human being. Yes. He in- goes out there with the intention of putting his body on the line to maintain other people's lives. Mm. He's going out there for all the right reasons. Mm. It's just being lost in translation. Because when you carry a gun to a conflict, yes. now you're a legitimate target. So, so these young lads are not caught up in the politics of this region. They're not caught up in any of that uh, Absolutely at not. all. Yeah. They're, they're out there to try save people right. and to try help. But because the goalposts has have changed, Carla, you're saying to me that we need to rethink in some way what it is we're doing? I think it's not that we need to rethink it. I think that the entire region needs to be rethought. What we do, as Joe said, is a quid pro quo. Mm. We are part of Europe. And whether we like it or not, we are going to have to partake in things that Europe partakes in. Um, We don't necessarily have the European army, but when it comes to peacekeeping missions, I think we do have to continue because trying to find peace out there is now into its third generation and it's not going to change into the fourth. So you're doing as much damage limitation as you can. But I don't think that you just walk away either. Mm. I don't think that that's the right approach. I don't think you say, right, let's let them at it for a generation and then let's see what pieces can be picked up because you're going to have more deaths. Yes, I, I, I saw the some of the videos this morning, Joe. I'm not sure if you saw them, but they, it's not for the faint-hearted, and I wouldn't advise people to look at them either. Um, because the trauma, the, the survivors, let's think about the survivors. From This trauma is going to be with them all of their lives. I mean, what I saw was just incredible. Yeah, well, it is, you see, it is. Now, I suppose, like, you know, there's no better organisation than the Defence Forces, like, you know what I mean, to put their... their um, system into action and mm. to help all those people you know any of those organizations you know they're powerful within themselves and they do help people out and they do counseling and they do all that and they do aftercare and they mm. do all that type of thing for them uh, but it is a life-changing event for it'll change their lives forever and there's no getting away from that when you witness something like that and when you're part of something like that and when you're going out there like you know maybe sharing a, a room with a colleague like mm. for the past number of years or the next number of months at least and you're out there and the next thing all of a sudden like you're going back into maybe the same room again his gear or her gear is there and you're not there and you know what I mean and he, that individual isn't there and their clothes and all that are there and then try to deal with the families and deal with all that you know you'll relive this you know 10,000 times and you will for the rest of your life you know, and it is that simple, you know. What, what about, I mean, we're hearing that the Defence Forces will send a specialist team out there to investigate. There's other investigates, investigations from Unifil themselves, for example. But will that come to anything realistically? No, know? I don't think it'll come to anything realistically. And I think, but if you see, look at the nature of these investigations, you know, by the time the investigation is over or completed and the report is produced, you know, there's 12 months gone down mm-hmm. the drain. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a bit of a, a psychological... Um, what would you call a psychological weapon maybe to kind of help people get through the, the well there's something coming out there's something mm. coming out and you're kind of basing all your hope on this thing and there's some little dot change and whatever mm. else and that instead of having two people in a vehicle they'll have four or instead of having four they'll have six or something like this or that's the way they'll go mm. and that's yeah. that'll be the only change really that'll be made One know? of our listeners made people very angry with that comment that it was a workplace accident and I suppose making the point that you know if you if you're if you're soldiering, I mean, by the nature of soldiering, it, it, there's an element of danger to it, Carl. Now, that annoyed the hell out of an awful lot of people. I think that they're right to be annoyed in that way. Um, any workplace accident that costs somebody their life 
is not something to be flippant about. Mm. It's not a workplace accident. It's a tragedy at work. It's somebody who has lost their life. It's a family who, as Joe said, are never going to be the same. Yes. It's uh, And they weren't soldiering. as They were peacekeeping. It's very important to keep that in mind, isn't it? You're not there to fire yes. on an enemy. Yeah. You're there to prevent the two sides from firing on each other. Mm. And that is a balancing act in itself. And I have nothing but respect for anybody who goes out there because I don't know if I'd be made of the stuff that takes to go out there and do what they do and still come back and live a normal life in inverted commas without it very definitely having an effect on the rest of your life and how you see life. Yes. Maybe it's uh, just an indication that I'm getting old, Joe, but I was looking at the photographs. They look so young, the lads, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly um, came to mind. And I suppose if you look at a lot of these people, like, you know, when you see 22 and 23-year-olds, you know, and then you see you know, like, look at them, sure, really and truly, like, you know, that we were all at that, at that stage in our lives. We knew everything back then, you know what I mean? So what did we know, really, when you look back on it, you know? They're only really innocent uh-huh. young people, you know? They joined, the, they joined these armies and these things at a very young age as well, you know what I mean? And and part of the, I suppose, to hear the... the, the, the in in in, uh, in commas, they hear the war stories. Mm. You know, mm. when I was abroad from their mm. peers and everything else, and you have to go here and you won't exist and you won't have seen the world you yeah. go out there. Yeah. And then they look forward to this three months or six months break. And yes, as I said earlier on, there is a few bob in it. They look forward to it and they do all that. And in the main, you know, look, we've had two decades and nobody was, has been, you know, mm. killed. Mm. In the main, everything goes fine. But the problem that you have, you see, and as, as Carl has alluded earlier on, you see, when you're in the peacekeeping role, in any sense, let you be the guard, let you be the army, let you be ended. You're in somebody else's way, mm. really and truly. Mm. You're, you're you're now a problem. Yes. Every every once in a while, and you need you have to be taken out yes. for their wishes. You know, and that is that is one that is one of the aspects. The, the analogy is well, you're the referee to some degree, referee. and referees always attract, I suppose, a certain amount of <laughs> to get a bit of abuse in yeah, fairness, yeah. as we've seen in other courts. Yeah. Maybe There's they need a, a few rugby referees out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But 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 there is you, you, you're so right in in the, the point of the workplace accident thing. You know, that was to me now that was very ill considered because it also brought back I think an awful lot of people that you know tragically lost loved ones. In a workplace. Of course. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? This was one of these things, you know, it wasn't an armed combat per se. These lads were attacked by a shore of warriors. You know, it wasn't enemy versus enemy, you know, in that sense what has happened, you know. Mm. But I would like to, though, Fran, before we change it to go off the subject, sincerely, on behalf of us all, I would like, like to, to sincerely send our condolences like, to the Rooney family and the very best to look to the Carneys, to Shane. Uh, I know his dad, Paddy, well with a good few years down in Killa and I would really wish him the very best uh, of luck in his recovery and hopefully that all that side of it, that he'll come back and that he'll come back to full health. Well, hopefully so indeed. There was a lovely tribute to him in the church there, I believe, last yeah, night. Yeah, there was, yeah. So, all right. We'll take a break. We'll be right back in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie And you're very welcome back to our Friday panel and uh, Joe and Carl. 
with us in a studio. Now, Tipperary County Council has failed miserably in tackling antisocial behaviour in local authority estates, and that's the view of Carrick Insure Councillor Kieran Burke, who told me uh, on this programme the other morning that uh, constituents who are living in social housing in the area and uh, the fr- surrounding areas as well are now coming to him to complain about the officers in charge rather than their neighbours causing the problems and uh, the whole business of policing and all of that uh, came up in this. Uh, Carol, can you can you start this for me? Is it fair to put all the blame on a local authority about this and uh, describe them as failing miserably, do you think? Well, I think that I'm going to start this by asking what is the basic remit of the local authority? It's not social care, it's social provision. Their basic remit is to provide the house. Mm-hmm. It's to provide the facility for you to live in if you can't afford your own. They're not actually in charge of social care or social protection. But essentially, so, I mean, to be devil's advocate, they, they are the landlord. They, they are the landlord, absolutely. But that does not necessarily mean that they're responsible for the tenant and the tenant's behaviour. I would say that the issue is much broader than being able to pin out, pick out and pin down the county council as being solely responsible. They do have a responsibility, mm. um, but there's only so far that they can go by themselves. This is something that needs far more joined up thinking, far more supports and far more investigation as to why these things happen. Yes, but but just the essence of, I mean, if you are being hassled by your next door neighbour, is there not a duty of care to you by your landlord? Well, if you lived in the house and you owned it and you were having hassle with your next door neighbour, who would you call? The guardie. You would call the guardie after you had exhausted every other avenue of recourse. Hmm. But you certainly wouldn't call the bank and say, my next door neighbour's a problem. Right. Um, because they hold your mortgage. Is because they right? hold your mortgage. Right. So saying that it's solely down to the council is far too much of a simpliciter. There's f- certainly an element where the council has a responsibility to try its best to work these things out. But the council are not social care. They're, it, they're not qualified to be mediators between disputes or to um, create environments where antisocial behaviour won't happen. But my understanding is that there are staff members made available for this kind of thing now, whether it's negotiation or whether it's mediation or whatever. But and that's about as much as a council can hope to do. Yes. You've got to ask yourself the bigger well, question, well, why, the does, final, it, why does it There is the happen? final um, uh, move, which is eviction, I suppose. You can think that, but then where do you put the person that you're moving? Well, Kieran told us what they do is they just put them somewhere else. Where that's they, it. Where and moving problems... <laughs> is not solving problems. Well, we've seen that in our history, haven't yes. we? Yes. Yeah. So I, I think that you have to take it that the problem is bigger and the problem is not necessarily the antisocial behaviour itself, but where does the antisocial behaviour come from? What creates mm. it? If you're talking about kids in a, an estate, it's mostly feeling bored, feeling disaffected, feeling marginalised, feeling forgotten about, feeling unimportant, feeling worthless... Yeah. But it could and be that they're just little pups. They, they can be little pups and that then brings in their parents. Mm. But an awful lot of the time, especially if you're talking about council estates, you have two parents trying to work 
because they're working low-income jobs. Because if they weren't working low-income jobs, they wouldn't be in a council estate because they'd be able to afford a mortgage. So the vicious circle is the parents not always available to police mm. their children in the way that they would have. Also, we don't have community parenting like we used to have. And that's something that I actually think is something that's missing from our society a lot. If I, as a youngster... Well, just, just describe what you mean now as community parenting. Well, if I, as a youngster, decided to step out of line, one of my neighbours mm. would say, get back into line. Yes. Or I'm going to tell your parents. And mm. if they told your parents, your parents would kill you. Yeah. Yeah. for getting into trouble in the first place. Whereas now what? Now you don't have the same thing. Now Johnny is above reproach. Yes. It's, don't you talk about my son like that. Yeah. And it's reactive and it's not helpful. So that's only two small facets of something that's actually a big tangled mess. Yeah. Joe, Joe, with your, your history as a former councillor and the like... Can can should the authority be more proactive in this sort of I, or is there not much they can do? In fact, you know. Um, firstly, have your two hours, friend. <laughs> <laughs> we have as long as you need, Joe. Oh, well, I think I think it's. it's I mean, you've seen this, obviously. Yeah, absolutely, you? and yeah. it's not simple. Listen, it's not simple, and it is very easy to go along and to blame the council. I certainly won't defend the council. I think the basic problem that we had, one of the issues that we have with all these things, a lot civil service esque, is nine to five. You're working nine, 9 to 5 Monday to Friday. After that, forget about it. I think that's one of the, one of the huge issues we have. Uh, and, and that model needs to change. Will it change? Certainly not in my lifetime. It won't change. Would Turkey's vote for Christmas, etc.? Not going to happen. I think there's a huge responsibility. And, and, and I think what Carol has said already is so true. You know, uh, Alice Taylor wrote this book, What Is It? It Takes the Village to Raise a Child. I think the same applies here. You can't say boo now. There was a day like, there was a time when I went to school and you got a kick up in the bloody ass. Mm. And if you were foolish enough to go home and tell him at home that you haven't, you get another one. Mm. That day is all gone now. Everybody is now reporting everybody else. You see, everything is all about reporting, it is all about suspension, it is all about accountability, it is all about every which way you look. But there's no, there's no, you don't see anybody coming back at all, or very rarely, on the parents. Like, the parents are the people that have the, ch- have the children. They're the ones that have the ultimate responsibility at the end of the day. Mm. They have to be responsible for their own children and their own children's actions, and that rarely happens. And there's children going along there and they're being hunted out and because I'm watching some soap on the television and there's, I see what's going on around the different housing estates, and it's absolutely frightening. The council aren't helping it. And they're certainly not helping it. And they're not taking action quick enough. Mm. But there's also a huge problem, I think, as well. And I've said it several times with truancy and people not going to school. And they're not, uh, you know, a lot of these people, they're not involved in any sport of any kind. The, the sports clubs are there. You look at our county. There's every kind of a sports club you could ever wish for in the county. So there's no structure, is that what you're but saying? There's no structure, but yeah. there's no structure from the family. Yeah. There's no structure from home. Yes. And if anybody does says, says anything, then that person is wrong. But I think the council are wrong in an awful lot of things that they do. I think they need to move in quicker, mm. and I think they need to nip things on the bud. Yes, because I think what Kieran was alluding to this time round was not yes. so much the children, but you know where where the parents in a house are, the partners in a house are the problem. Absolutely, you know. I couldn't. But you see, how do you fix the problem? How do you fix the problem? Like if the the the, the people in the house, if the adults in the house are of the same mindset yes. as the children in yes. the house. Yeah. How would like Yeah, with drink got? or drugs or with drink or drugs and all that and, and, and all of that, yeah. an anti social an anti social mindset. Yes. Uh, how do you how do you fix that? 
Sure, absolutely nothing. And what's happening here then with this is that this is all manifesting itself then in areas and groups of people and then you, you end up then with this so-called very quickly, this no-go area. Mm. You know, I don't want to name names or mention areas, like what you see in different parts of cities in, you know, that says such a place is a no-go area. Yes. You know what I mean? And you see how quickly it evolves. Do you know what I mean? You see how quickly it can manifest itself into you can't go in there at all now, like that place is out of control mm. altogether. Mm. And you see that. And a lot, a lot needs to be done, Fran. I think an awful lot. I think, but it has to start in the beginning. What has happened here is that there's too many organisational groups getting up ahead of steam before any action is taken. There's too many. I think the council needs to get in in all aspects of the council. I think the truancy, young people not going to school, is a huge thing. I think that's been overlooked in an awful lot of things. Mm. And I think if that was dealt with... I didn't realise that that was a big issue. Oh, I'm convinced it is. is it? Yeah. I haven't got yeah. statistics for it, but I'm convinced yeah. that it is. And I think that, you know, there's too many excuses why they're not doing this and why they're not doing that. You yes. know, and I think the, the, the council needs to... They need to get involved at a way earlier stage. They need to have liaison officers who are getting involved and they need to do all that and they need to take serious action. And if you say what kind of serious action, make people get involved in clubs, make people get involved in... Why can't the council issue some kind of a community order Mm. akin to the courts that make people, if they step out of line, then you can do right, something. But that, that would involve legislation and giving uh, them other powers. Absolutely, and, yeah. but, but why not kick it off and why not do it? Right. Why not try it? Yeah, because seemingly the road to eviction is a very long one and it involves all sorts of different phases and stages. And so at the end of the yeah. eviction, what's the, what's the solution? Well, well, Kieran told me they put them in another estate somewhere Correct. where they'll do so, the very same so, thing. Absolutely. So why not why not come along and say, right, let's have some type of scenario here where that if you commit so many offences, we'll call them sins, yes. we'll call them whatever, uh, you know, a, a social misgivings, yes. then that you have to do such community service type of thing. Why not do that inside an estate? At least try and bring it in, at least kick it off yes. and see where it goes. The, the other thing, Carl, of course, that came up then was the the, the police, the Gardaí, and Karen Burke made the point that the, the, the resources aren't there. The amount yeah. of Gardaí now available to do anything in Caricature is much depleted. So... That, that's another aspect of this, it isn't it? It most certainly is. I'm going to just get back to one point that Joe made. John Lonergan, the former governor of Mountjoy Mount Prison, yes. did a lot of research into recidivism, into repeat offenders. And they basically worked out that punishment is not a deterrent. Mm. So carrot rather than stick. So you're disagreeing so with it's, Joe? It's not so much disagreeing would... with with what Joe's saying. Yes. I'm disagreeing with the the mentality of forcing people because forcing people will almost always get people entrenched and not want to go the direction you want them to go. Right, but what carrot do you offer to neighbours who the are behaving abominably? The exact same things that Joe wanted to bring in. The exact same thing: opportunities for education, opportunities for. Uh, socialisation, opportunities where people living in those estates don't feel like Carla, they are all marginalised. Those, all those opportunities are there. They are and they're not. They're there if your parents are available, as Joe said. They're there if you have the money to pay for them. They're there if you have the social structure to bring you to them. There was a, a famous story about Linford Christie. When he started sprinting, his mm. coach used to pick him up every week and bring him to training. And then one week he just didn't. And the week he didn't, Linford Christie said, I better get off my backside and go to training. So he turned up at training and the coach said, I wanted to see would you do it now 
did it was it important enough to right. you at this point? So he formed a habit. He uh, formed a habit. habit. So yeah. create the habit and then bring them along and then make it something that more people are doing than not doing. Right, but who's going to do that? Karen? And this is the this is the problem that we have is that we are under resourced both socially, we are under resourced with police. Mm. Bringing the police to the estates will only work mm. while the police are in the estate because it's not going to work when they leave because you haven't changed the mindset of the people in the estate. All you've done mm. is put a fire blanket over the fire right now. As soon as you take the right. fire blanket off, the and, fire starts up and again. And do you believe that it's possible? Maybe it's a cynic in me. Do you, do you think it's possible to change people that dramatically? Do you think? I think that there are some that we have to admit are a lost cause. And we have to say some people have become so entrenched in their thinking and, and their way of living that there's no help for them. For younger people, I absolutely think there's help for them. I absolutely think that they can be brought to see that there is a better way of doing things. Now, having said that, policing is necessary. But the problem with policing is it's going to create without the ancillary services three different types of of we'll call them offender. You're going to have the jaded offender who's nothing's going to change. It doesn't matter whether I do this or don't do this. This is my lot. This mm. is where we live. This is how we live. That's it. That's what mm. we've got. Then you're going to have the clever offender who's going to be the one wearing the balaclava when he's going out to do the things he's doing. He's going to be disappearing as soon as there are sirens in the distance. Mm. And then you have the third one. And the third one is the aggressive, violent, troublemaker who doesn't care anymore. Mm. They have no respect for the authority that's coming. Mm. And this has been shown in the... And they never will. In the estates in yes. Dublin, where yeah. the Gardaí were literally pelted, burnt out, assaulted. It's happening yeah. all across... Pat, Pat says they'd eat the carrot and beat you with the stick. So he's not going <laughs> for... Well, what about that, a carrot instead of what you were saying, Joe, that, you know... Well, no, Fran, I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with Carol on that one, and I wouldn't agree with John Lundigan on it either. I'll tell you, um, like, yes, you'd certainly need a bit of the carrot, there's no doubt about it, but in... Um, twas the, I didn't get much of a carrot, it was a stick I got, you know, no more than a lot of my contemporaries got the stick, and did it go straight... Yeah, did we like it at the time? We didn't like it at the time. We certainly didn't like getting it. But did it work? A bloody well sure worked. And I think that's the one ingredient that's totally missing now, is that there is no... Um there's no correction at all anymore. There's no. It's all softly, softly. Mm. It's all you can't do this and you can't do that. And if you say, if you look at me wrong now, Fran, I can report you to somebody yeah. somewhere. Yeah. You know. And this is all going on right throughout the whole place. And it is. We're gone crazy the way mm. we're gone. And I think we're we're suffering the effects of it. But I also think as well in a lot of these in you know when you go into any kind of housing estate, you know that the council they should um you know there should be a, um a residence association instead of in a simplistic way now some of these things are extremely complicated to set up and you're supposed to, you have to join into this PPN which mm. is only another gimmick that the council put up there. If you're not in the PPN then you're not recognised. You're not recognised yeah. then and then you can't get grants for yeah. your flowers or your whatever you're, you're doing and this is all a load of baloney because the PPN, if you join the PPN you know, there's four or five sort of ordinary members but they're top heavy then with councillors and officials so you really can't get anything through anyway. You're in yourself if you think you can vote anything through. You're going to lose that vote before mm. you start. 
But I think though, that they can do it in a very simplistic way, and I think that's where we need to to look at things. In a lot of the in some of the estates now, you have this um, community house, and you have things like that going on, and they're all good. But the, the estate is up and running like for years and years and years before that happens. Mm. Like they they should be when they're building a housing estate. Being no, incorporated God, into God the knows if, if they do build the housing estate for Sathers, <laughs> but if they do build it, say, yes. if you have 30 houses, well, one of those should be a community house and it should be, but it should be supported in the same way. You should get a committee going and get yes. people involved and then they'll realise. But, you, but should there, there's no forward planning for housing estates. I see now with parking in housing estates, <gasps> should they're all up on the footpaths because they, they didn't allow enough room with the road. Uh, simple yeah. as, simple as that. And the other thing that they never gauged for either is, you know, is, you know, and we're talking um, outside the road before we came in, you know, about Christmas and you're set for Christmas and whatever else and family's grown up. Mm. You know, you say family's grown up. That's grand, you know, so, you know, Santa Claus isn't coming to our house anymore. But Santa Claus they're replaced by five cars. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. you know, so they're all parked on the footpath yes. everywhere. So the neighbour has five more. The next neighbour, you're across the road, you have five more. Yeah. Gallows down the road, and all of a sudden you can't move. But that is progression, and that's not allowed for at all in the original plans. No. The original no. plans is designed for two cars, to this, to that, to the other, all in a perfect on a sheet of paper. And no ancillary services. And no ancillary services. No, at, at no all. daycare, for yes. instance. No, no. Yeah. No shop. shop. No, no pharmacy. Yeah. No, no. You know, so you don't create a community. And, and you, that's, that's, the big, that's the big point, isn't a, it? A, it is. A lot of yeah. isolated people living in a, the yeah. same space. Yeah. And, and the beauty, like, if you see, just say, the shop, for example, in, in, the, in the houses, or the community house, you know, that's replacing the pub of old where people met. Of course. And I met you in the pub, which I never saw you before. Now we got to know each other. Now all of a sudden I realise you're living four doors up from me. And that's how communities form communities. Yes. That's how it happens. You know, and if you're not involved in the GA, if you're out in the countryside, yes, you're involved in the GA, you're involved in the gun club or whatever else. But aside in a, in a, in a housing estate, you really have to create your own... Amen. Your own event and your own structure to make that su- a success. Yeah, Couldn't agree with you more. Does, does it surprise you to know, Carl, that uh, the general consensus here and what I'm looking at is lots of stick and very little carrot? <laughs> that, that is coming and it, it's my generation was not much different. Yes. Lots of stick and very little carrot. Yeah. But that generation created the generation that we have now. So lots of stick and little carrot went the exact opposite direction where the parents who got lots of stick now give very little stick and lots of carrot and there's no balance okay. there's no balance there's no that's happy a, medium that's very interesting yeah, that really is very interesting alright we'll take a break we're back with more in just a moment Tip today with Fran Curry with Slattery's Garage Puck On you can't beat experience with over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans we like to call ourselves the experts call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie if it matters to you it matters to us call Tip today on 1-800-938-007 and you're very welcome back and uh, Joe and Carl still uh, with us. Joe, will you give that a plug for Tuesday night because it's Seasons, the big band uh, concert uh, that's uh, that's happening, isn't it? Yeah, it is indeed. And, and um, I would like to thank um, obviously Alan McCormack and all his uh, people in Pearly, in the Pearly Whites and all their friends as well. Um, it's happening in Eldon's on next Tuesday night um, in Clamel, the 20th of December. And what we're having is um, all the bands are giving out their 
time and their talents as well to raise funds for Seesaw. It's free entry on the night and there'll just be donation buckets and there'll be a raffle will take place for some great people who give us uh, plenty spot prizes and all that. So it's free admission. It's going to be a great night on this Tuesday night in Eldon's in Clamel, Tuesday the 20th of December. And it's the band's first night back again after three years due to COVID. And um, as I say, it's kicking off there around eight o'clock. Right, and so, raising and if, very important. And raising, yeah, we yeah. all need the we all need the few bob. The, the fundraising has gone down a lot. Absolutely, Joe. Thanks very much Thank indeed you, uh, for that. Somebody making a very interesting point. I should have made it as well that it's not just about council estates because again, Kieran uh, mentioned the other day, you know, that these issues of antisocial behaviour can happen in a in a private estate as well, Carl. It's it's important to point that out, isn't it? I think so. Yep. I think that nobody's immune, but yep. you do tend to find that antisocial behaviour from people who live in private estates doesn't happen in the estate. It happens perhaps on a Saturday night down the town. Yeah. And more so than it will happen more in so, an yeah. estate. Well, I must say, I, I come from a, a council housing estate in Cashel and there was no grief like that over the years, so things certainly have have changed. Um, the other topic we want to cover today it was a front page headline yesterday on, on the mail. Cancer patients are cutting back on heating research for the Irish Cancer Society has revealed. Uh, many cancer pa- patients are reducing... Um, income because they're unable to work and uh, as a result they're particularly impacted by the soaring cost of living and uh, plummeting temperatures as well. Joe, um, does this make sense to you? Um, I suppose to me like Fran, um, you know, being a, being a, a cancer um, sufferer patient myself, what I would say like to people is look after yourself first. You take, you know, the old story, take one day at a time. It's like the people that join these addiction um, you know, um, centres if you call it, you know, they take one day at a time. I would say the same thing. Look after yourself. You know, turn on your heating and stay warm and wrap up and mind yourself. That's mm. what I would say. You know, if you're lucky enough to get the chance that your that the that the, the the treatment that you've got is working for you, grab it with both hands. Yes. You know, and reduce stress if it's humanly possible at all. Reduce stress, and by reducing stress means you know turn on your heating, stay warm, look after yourself, stay as healthy as you possibly can, and mind yourself. That's but, really. But having cancer and still having all of the worry and anxiety about making ends meet and all of that kind of thing, and if in doing that you decide, okay, I better cut back on my my heating, when your immune system obviously is is compromised as yeah. well, Joe. Like it's uh, a, it's a tough time. Oh no, it's an extremely tough time Prem because you know like as I said earlier on you like I got uh, when I got the treatment I got some horrific side effects you know now thank god I'm here so you'll get the side effects you deal with the side effects and thank god it has worked out for me unfortunately it hasn't worked out for everybody and the sad part about all these things I suppose is you, you, you do get horrific side effects and I would have seen like one of the side effects like that I got and I don't ever mind telling people these things you know is, is at one stage like I had a clot you know so that means now you're on blood thinner so hence, when you're on blood cold. thinner, you get cold, yeah. and you get more cold, and you get bloody terrible cold. You yeah. know what I mean? So when it is minus four outside, they're like, I'm around minus 14 somewhere, you know? And that is what happens. But what can you do? You should certainly not be worried about your heating. Now, the other side of the kind is, they will turn around, you know, and the government will say, you know, that they've given, you know, an extra fuel allowance on all this. I suppose we can't keep, no matter who's in power or who's not in power, and I'm not supporting any party or any government, no matter who's in power, should we can't keep giving handouts and handouts and handouts and handouts to everybody the whole time ad infinitum. That can't happen. So what have we to do? We have to try and look after ourselves. And I would honestly say to people, if you can at all, you know what I mean, look after yourself, stay warm, you know, mm. 
turn yeah. on your heat and do the best you can, but by God, stay warm anyway. Carol, a very, I found it a very sobering headline yesterday to know that people are out there in, in that predicament. You know, not only have they the anxiety of their own health problems, the mm-hmm. profound health problems, but, you know... I, mean, I think this is probably one of the areas where I will look at where do we spend the money? Where are we spending our money? Mm. If we can find 2.6 billion to build a children's hospital in the wrong location, and it's looking like it's probably going to be three, we could probably be putting money somewhere else. Mm. And one of the things I think is that if you have a cancer diagnosis, then maybe certain basic utilities, such as your heating, yes, might just be something that it's worth spending the money on, mm. giving the money to people with a cancer diagnosis. Yes. Without any argument. W- without or fuss, without or, an argument. Yes. Simply to say, okay, for the time that you're in chemotherapy uh, or radiotherapy or p- pre-op and post-op, if you need an operation, that you're going to have a basic light, heat and power covered. Yes. It's not for everyone and it's not a handout. Mm. You pay tax, you pay PRSI. Yes, and you it's know, a limited period of time. And it's a limited period of time. It's not something that's going to go on forever. And to do that, and perhaps as, as we were talking about off-air, where resources are squandered by certain elements where I've worked in places and I've seen white goods that were perfectly serviceable being put in a skip because the incoming people who were or taking up the, the house couldn't be asked to use a second-hand piece of equipment. Even though they were working fine? And they were perfectly working because during the time I was working in the, the particular place I'm talking about, I was using those particular <laughs> facilities. So, th- so there's waste, Carl. We have, we have waste. And if we're going to have waste, maybe we trim that waste mm. and maybe we take that money and we put that somewhere where it, mm. it's of humanitarian benefit. Of course. Surely the biggest waste was the uh, help with the electricity going to everybody and not being focused in some way. No, absolutely. You know? And and there was another huge waste too, Fran. But of course, like you see, we're now a nation of takers as well. You see, we're not com- going to complain about what we get. When you see the COVID allowance, like we said, that came out to everybody, like, you know what I mean? You can be working with, yeah. you're working with me for three days yeah. only. And now you're getting 350 a week for the next... You know, that was way too much altogether. Mm. We did all that bloody totally wrong and totally... Now, it was all right then we panicked. Maybe we did panic. Well, their excuse was you couldn't administer it properly quickly enough, if you know yeah, what I mean. that, that, and that, Yeah, and you can understand some bit of that. Mm. But at the same time, we gave way too much money to a lot of, a lot of aspects of that. And now, I kept a lot of businesses afloat, kept a lot of families afloat, and it did all that, uh, you know, but I'm just saying... Some people got way too much in relation to that. Mm. I think the other side of it, and, and Carol is right, you know, I think we need to come back and we need to start thinking properly and say to ourselves, right, what do we do here and what do we not do here? But of course then, if we start doing that, then you'll have Joe coming on and saying, oh, hold on now, that's discrimination. Now, I have ABC complaint and I didn't get this and I didn't get that. And I, and then we roll it out then to, and then all of a sudden then, every heating in the whole country will be subsidised in due course because everybody will argue and argue and argue. We want... I honestly think that what you have to do is a very basic thing. I think if you're in a place like, you know, do you tax the car or do you look after yourself? You stay alive anyway. I'm not encouraging people not to tax the car. I'm just saying, stay alive. It's priority, Joe. Priority, stay alive and look after yourself and stay warm. And, Mm. you know, stay indoors and do the right things, you know. Do the right thing. By all means, go out and get your fresh air and do all that. But stay indoors, lock your Uh doors, 
lock your windows. All right, can we finish up with something light just to cheer people up? Or maybe not, as it it might turn out. Are you obliged to take part in the work Christmas party? Carl, do you want that one? Um, Are are you a party person? uh... Well, uh, as a self-employed person, it would be a party of one. (laughs) And uh, I don't like my boss that much. He makes me work long hours. Um, I, I was thinking about this and I thought, do you know what? It may be some people's only opportunity to get out mix with the people that they work with. Yes. And if they want to, I would say definitely. Go for where, it. Where you get a chance, go for it. Because, you, especially in the last couple of years, yeah. God, do we need a party. Well, that's do, the point, isn't it? Need... Because this year is the first time in maybe three years that people yeah. have the opportunity and to do this. You so. don't have to go mental at a Christmas party. You know, uh, you do, You girl. don't have to be Joe from accounts photocopying his nether regions <laughs> for all to see. You, you, I wish I was but, at the parties that you have experience of. Uh, well, you really don't. <laughs> um, I would yes. say that if, if... Don't be a Grinch. Right. Get, get yourself out there. If you can get to a party, go to a party. Right. Enjoy Joe, it. Joe, what do you think? Are you a Christmas party person? Well, you see, uh, I would have always been friend, but the old, the old, when I got the old cancer, I was told I could only have um, half a unit twice a week. Ouch. So I can't repeat any of what I said to the good nurse that told me that. But I don't, but I don't try anyway. I don't try anyway. There's no point in drinking anymore. Does that mean well, you save your 26 units then for, for no, one night? I asked all those questions, Carol. No. I used to be, Fran, and yes, you'd have to have the session. Of course, you'd have to go out and manage the time. You know, you went out and I have no idea how I got home, how I came back yeah. or whatever else. And you have to have a, you have to have let the hair down. By all means, you have yeah. a go and have a go. But try and, try and stay safe. And as somebody said during the week, if you can Going to work the following day or the following Monday, talking to everybody. Well, then to the good you've night. Done, you've done well you know? then. All right. Well, the Tip FM party is tonight, so I, <laughs> we'll try and apply all good, of that. Good. Listen, great to see you both. Thanks very much indeed to Carl Classy and to Jolie, and a real pleasure to have you on our panel today. That's right. it for me. Emma produced Ali looks after our content. Stephen's on the way with the time tunnel, and I will talk to you on Monday, God willing. Look after yourselves. Bye bye. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.